Wait a minute. Oh, we are live. Luke Jacoby. Are we why? live? Luke, why do you walk across our camera like that? He does it just to mess with me. Now he's going to run off into his hole. What's up, everyone? This has been Ding Alive. I'm Spencer. There's Aaron. Um, how are we doing, AB? The market's down. Well, what did you do? What did you do? The market's down. The weather's bad. Flights are getting canceled. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Whose flight's getting canceled? Your uh, flight's getting canceled? No, my buddy. So we, I, I'm taking a trip to Colorado this weekend. Don't worry, guys. I'll still be on tomorrow. I'll just be remote from the mountains, kind of a la Tim Quast, if you will. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll be around. But, yeah, we, we're, we're going to my buddy's house in Colorado, and one of my friend's flights got canceled because of the weather here in Detroit. So um, I don't know. Who knows if my flight will get canceled or not? Maybe, maybe we'll have to book a, a private one, Spencer? Can you do that? I don't can, know. Can you can, call you, Jason? Can you... I'm not calling Jason. You're not gonna help me out. I, I no. You want to? You want Jason to call Dan? We're not gonna go that that, that route. All right. This has been Zinga Live, guys. Smash that like button and let's go. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer AB. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? I'm Someone told me buy high, sell higher. So. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show. Talk to my POs. Jake Wojcik from Trend Spider. We have a breaking news. All right, let's get some charts up on the screen here, and let's talk about this market. Uh, actually, before we do that, let's preview who we got coming on today. We got a jam-packed show. Yeah, you want me busy. to run through it real quick? What? You want me to run Yeah, yeah, go quick? for it. We got a busy, busy schedule today. All right, so at 11.45 a.m. Eastern here in about 15 minutes, Mark Manduka will be joining us. He is the chief investment officer of GXO Logistics. We're going to be talking some supply chain, what's going on in the overall economy, so I'm excited for that. Uh, then 12.30 p.m. Eastern, we've got not Mr. Manziel uh, from Twitter. You guys might know him. He's got about 75,000 followers Wait, on his Twitter. His name is not Mr. Manziel? Like Johnny Manziel? Yeah, he's like Mr. I don't know. We're going to talk to him about that, too. All right, cool. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Manziel, well, not Mr. Manziel, will be joining us. Hopefully, maybe uh, we'll see Mark Moran from Liquidity will be on at 12.45. Liquidity had some big news today, so excited to talk to Mark about that. Um, and then, Spencer, you'll be talking with Trade Zero at yep, 1 we got We got Zero Hassle short selling with Trade Zero. We may get a special appearance from Hot Stocks Luke, and we may get a special appearance um, from either Trivia or Sharon, potentially. I don't think we're doing Trivia today, um, but we I, I think we, we can get Sharon on. If you Sharon from HR, if you guys were watching a month ago, she came on and we talked to her about uh, what what stocks she has. She opened up a new account. What should she buy? Well... She's made some progress since then, or maybe she hasn't. I don't know. We'll find out about it. Well, I, yeah, there probably won't be that many updates because it, it took longer than expected to get her account set up. Mm. Uh, I guess from the time that I opened a Robinhood account in February of 2020, that was before the, the COVID crash, yeah. and now there's some like extra measures that you have to do. Really? Interesting. They're being more diligent. Yeah. I mean, Wait. Shelly wants to know why I'm so pink. I don't know. Is that the lighting? What do I do? I look pink? Yeah, it's dark outside, so the lighting is, uh, is thrown off. Smart also, guy. Right. It's dark out there, which means I look whiter. Yeah, it, that's why I look... I don't have my usual, like, nice tan. Going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also kind of cut myself shaving today. I don't know if people can see that all this. No. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not really... It was like a... a, a pimple that i shaved over uh, that that's great that's great okay so let, let's talk about the market and let's bring up my benzinger pro now i did get um i mentioned this on benzinger live today i got some um or on live trading i got some feedback yesterday from oh, a she was saying why is your emoji so pink 
Oh, we gotta talk to Enver about that. I don't know. Enver is our emoji guy. If you guys yeah. ever need an emoji, uh, hit us up and I'll put you in contact. I got some feedback from a listener yesterday that said, Spencer, you, you should change your color scheme in Benzinga Pro from dark to high contrast. So that's what I've done here. I'm not used to this, but I will suck it up if you all like it. Uh, when I asked the chat on the live trading show, they seemed to be pretty against it. They wanted me to go back to the dark layout, but um, I'll do it, I'll do whatever you guys want. So if you like the dark, uh, if you like this high contrast, let me know. But this is uh, my Benzinger Pro scanner here. Let's go to a watch list of the overall market here, and you can just see everything is down today. Energy has been flirting with green. It's up right now, but everything is down. So I guess that means, I don't know what that means. It means we're going to war with Russia or something like that. I have, I have no idea, frankly. But um, it's just one of those days, man. You can't. Oh, look at Amazon just turned green. That's interesting. Amazon outperforming relative to the, the rest of the market today. Um, actually, now, now that I look at it, Facebook outperforming too. Facebook down only half a percent compared to the SPY, which is down over 1%. I'm sorry, Meta. Strong day for Meta, strong day for Amazon, and strong day for Apple relative to the overall market. So interesting. But Aaron, we had a lot of um, a lot of earnings last night and this morning. Uh, oh, actually, this is this is probably the part where I should apologize. So if if anybody was watching the uh, NVIDIA earnings live stream i don't think many people are watching it on amazing well you know you can tell when like a, a stream is going to gain momentum yeah i could tell that stream was going to gain momentum there was only about 150 people watching it um five minutes into into the stream but it was building and i had to end the stream very abruptly um before it really got started uh, because I found out that we didn't have permission to do that. So, sorry if you're watching uh, the NVIDIA call. But um, NVIDIA's numbers were pretty good, though. If you want to pull up that, that chart there, Aaron, it's been a pretty ugly day for um, everyone's favorite, your favorite stock, right? It is uh, definitely up there in terms of favorite. I, I would say, yeah. I think I've, I think I've been on the record you, you have yeah, said that yeah. Nvidia is my favorite stock. Oh yeah. Um, and, and here, let me, let me let me pull up the chart, and I do want to talk. Okay, you got it up. So we can talk about the specific numbers. There were some great they, numbers. They were there fine. were some not so great numbers. Um, I believe uh, demand for for one of their types of chips decreased quarter over quarter. No. Oh, okay. Um, but that that was kind of one of the not so great numbers that I saw. But but mostly great numbers. Um. And what I think is interesting here, Spencer, is, is and I talked about this beforehand, right? Expectations were set very high for oh, NVIDIA. Yeah, AMD so reported a great report a couple of weeks ago. A lot of other big tech companies, whether you're talking Google, um, Amazon, you know, all report, you know, every, basically everyone besides Facebook reported great numbers. Mm -hmm. So NVIDIA's bar was very high. Mm -hmm. They reported good earnings, um, maybe didn't hit that high bar, and that's why it's selling off. But what I will say is seeing that NVIDIA is only down 6.5%. Um, and a if you look at the intraday action, it's actually been not... It, it looks pretty good, actually. What? Um, that looks good to you? The intraday action? I don't know. That looks not great to me. If you Wait, zoom in on like a five-minute chart. Okay, well... Well, we, we, we dropped more out the I mean, we bounced. Since I, then. I mean, we bounced, but still, I mean... Here, you want me to go to like a one-minute? 
Yeah, either way, my point is is the stocks mm. that we have seen give really disappointing earn okay, so yeah, maybe if we give up this. All right, either way. Um if if these stocks that have gave gave really bad earnings reports, whether you're talking Facebook or go to Snapchat a couple quarters ago, DocuSign, um these stocks were trading down like 10, 15%. There are enough buyers for Nvidia coming in at this level, at this 245 level, that I don't know if uh, again, and, and it's going to move with overall tech and the, and the mm -hmm. overall market. So if we get more bearish headlines and or Fed surprise rate hikes and and tech trades lower overall, and video will continue to drop. But for right now, it looks like buyers are are plentiful at 245 around that level, and I'm not worried about Nvidia dripping in, or dropping right. another. All right, let me just 5, go to a daily. So you're saying 245. I would say. Two, what was the level I gave this morning? It was a 243. That's what I... No, it was two... No, tomatoes, tomatoes. It was 237 is what I said. 237 because you got a series of lows there. So uh, what was your low today? 241.65. Um, so, all right. No need to freak out over one day, right? We're down 7% for the day right now. But um, just to put things in perspective, it was a strong report. I think if, you, if you're in a video for the long term, don't... No action needed here. Um, for sure, I actually term. added to my long-term position today. Oh well, that I mean, yeah, I guess I meant no, no need to panic today. I don't, not that I, not that any of you are watching this right now. I don't, I don't think any of you are panicking over, over the seven percent move today. Um, and I also want to talk about uh, retail, okay? Because Walmart kind of got us started last night. They had their uh, their earnings report, and we're gonna get a lot of retailers. Uh, really, next week is is the big retail earnings week. Um, I feel like we should just go YOLO on a couple of retailers here for the next week or so, or a couple of weeks. Like um, I'm talking about, like the like Macy's and Nordstrom and TJX, um, those types of stores, because Walmart's earnings were really, really good. They they blew away the estimates on their earnings per share and their revenue. Um, if you think, if you can remember all the way back to uh, last year, uh, we had the retail sales report for December, which was very good. And then we got the retail sales report for January yesterday. That was also very good. Um, those are, I think, leading indicators of what is to come next week. So I kind of want to just take a couple of YOLOs there on some retailers. Let's do it. Let's. Should we do it? Um, yeah, Shelly, don't worry. We can YOLO responsibly. Always YOLO responsibly. Always YOLO with money you can afford to lose. But, um, I'm going to pull up my Weeble platform here. Uh, actually, you know what I need to do is I need to, um, add more money to this account because, uh, I, ha I have that BCRX trade still on. Oh, speaking of BCRX, Vivi is out. This week and next week, so no Vivi. But um, when she comes back, I want to talk about this BCRX because uh, it's, it's it's been okay. But actually, so let me do this. Let me um, let, let me add more to this account so I can do some more yellows because it's a very very small account here, and um, we can go from there. But I want I I, I want I don't necessarily need to do it today. We can do, we can do it tomorrow too. Yeah, Costco is an option. Target's an option. Um, and what, what did I say? Macy's, Nordstrom, TJX, the big box retailers. Those are all options here. So I'm thinking about it. 
Sorry, I'm adding to the. I'm, I'm going to deposit some money into this account just so I can do some. All good. More YOLOs, man. More YOLOs. Uh, yes, confirm. God, I love ACH transfers. Oh, no, the link expired. What? Oh, that's not good. Um, okay, this is going to take me a minute. All right, never mind. I'll do that later. Um, Ashton, I didn't say I was going to lose money. Come on now. I thought I might lose money. We'll see. Um, so retail, I wanted to do that, and I also wanted to talk about Fastly. Uh, this is was this was a pandemic favorite, and it's gotten absolutely crushed. FS I think a lot of these uh, pandemic favorites that have gotten absolutely crushed have actually looked uh, decent. Ju juicy to you? Yeah. Well, let's go to a Fastly on the daily chart. Oh boy. Ooh. Are you testing our guest? Yeah. Okay. Is he coming on? Do we know? We don't know. All right, we'll figure it out. This Fastly, gosh, guys, I really don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's we gotta we gotta zoom out more. We gotta go to a weekly here. All right, we are back to May of 2020 levels. Now, oh, man, I, I you know what? I'm sure we can go back in the Benzinga Pro. In fact, let's do that. Let's find out why we had this massive spike in May. The first week of May of 2020. Um, we can do that relatively easily. We're just going to go. We're going to search for Fastly in the news feed, FSLY. Um, and I'm going to turn. I'm, I'm going to go to categories. I'm only going to put news up there. Let's see where that gets me. Um, oh, that was easy. Okay, so we're back to 2020 already. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, it was earnings. They had earnings on May 6, 2020, where they gave sales guidance well above estimates for the quarter and for the year. So that was the that was the, the initial blast off moment. May 6, 2020. We've come all the way back there now. Investing is hard. Investing is really, really hard. Um, if you don't know what this company does, it's kind of like the nuts and bolts of the internet. Do you remember? Guys, remember there was that one day a year ago. Remember that one day a year ago where like we had that massive like internet outage across the board, and it wasn't yeah, like AWS, but whatever. it wasn't AWS. It was Fastly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're kind of like the back end of the internet here, but. Gosh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just so, so brutal. So brutal. All right, AB, I see, I see our first guest here. Yep, let's yep. go ahead and get to our first guest, Mark Manduka, the Chief Investment Officer of GXO Logistics. Um, Spencer, why don't we give Mark the, the special intro? I was, I was told we were going to have a new special intro today, and I was lied to, I think. Michael Feehan. I'm looking, no. at, I'm looking at you, man. No. All right. The old intro incoming. Mark, how's it going? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Wow. Yeah, you love have, your background. You, have a, you are way fancier than we are over here. You've got the suit. You got oh, the. the there's, a, there's a wire here. It's sort of. It's my OCD's kicking off slightly because of the wire. But. I didn't even notice, so you pointed it out. No, I can't stop staring at <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Mark, so before we get going, do you want to just uh, introduce our audience to, to GXO, kind of what it is you guys do, 
um, you know, what industry you guys are in? Yeah, it's, it's super simple. It's 900 warehouses across 27 countries serving 1,050 global blue chip customers. So all we do very simply is we get people's stuff through the warehouse very quickly. We operate within the four walls of a warehouse. And if you want to get your goods palleted as a global blue chip customer and out to your end consumer, to the brick and mortar retailer, we can do it very, very quickly. And we do it mostly via technology. So it's a very exciting company. It's cutting edge, it's high growth. But fundamentally, it's a warehouse company with technological proficiency. That's what we do. I, I'm just curious, what have the last couple of years been like? Sorry to interrupt there, but what have the last couple of years been like for you? Because the global supply chains are all kinds of messed up right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been extremely high growth. Um, we just came out of a quarter where we had record quarters across revenue, EBITDA, uh, and also net profit. It's been a business where we've been comfortably over the last 22 years, or even the last two years via the supply chain, been able to underwrite the better part of 17% revenue CAGR. So we're sitting in this, this TAM, total addressable market, of the better part of, let's call it $430 billion. And there's a certain portion of the market that's outsourced, and there's a certain portion of the market that's still in-house, sitting on the, the companies of this world, whether it's Nikes, Apples, they're still doing it themselves. And what they're doing slowly is they're outsourcing it to third-party logistics providers like us. And, and as you mentioned, via a pandemic, via a supply chain crisis, to a certain degree, that expedites itself. I wouldn't say brought forward, because what it's done is it's changed the mindset of these companies. They understand that they need to have a, an advisor, a consultant come in and help them be great, help them get the technology in the warehouse to make sure their goods move through faster. And what we're trying to solve for is we're trying to solve for their end consumers so that they get the product quickly, they get it under the Christmas tree quickly, the brick and mortar store gets it quickly, it's about speed and quality. That's what we're trying to offer here. So the pandemic has definitely been a period where we've had a lot of incoming requests. Supply chain crises have brought a lot of customers to us. But don't imagine it to be feast followed by famine. It's really feast followed, followed by feast here, whereby the mindsets of one of these boards have changed. And what they want to do is they want to go with the largest pure play, well-capitalized company that has effectively lived it and done it from a technological perspective before. So is, is, is this a case of like a company like Amazon famously built its own supply chain rather than rely on the one that was already out there? Um, so is this a case of like a company X decides we, okay, we need to protect ourselves from this kind of chaos in the future. We're going to build our own supply chain. They go to you. Imagine, imagine if you're an apparel company and okay. your competitor down the road is an apparel company that's, been doing it themselves for many, many years in terms of operating their warehouse with their own people, and they're pushing boxes around the warehouse in a kind of 1874 Charles Dickens type setting. And there's a third apparel company that's woken up to the fact that actually technology is really driving the agenda within warehouses, and you can actually take pick rates from 50 picks per hour to as much as 300 picks per hour. You can get six times more effective, essentially, in the warehouse by using robotic arms, by using automated gantries, by using vision technology. And all of this leads a bit of FOMO to your competitive landscape. What they do is they basically say, can't. A power company three is doing this with technology. We're still operating in a Dickensian warehouse. We need to basically get down onto that technological roadmap, so to speak, and get with the third party logistics providers. So what you're, what you're seeing is you're seeing 
a lot of outsourcing taking place and people ringing up third-party logistics providers and saying, I need help because my competition's getting this stuff through the warehouse quicker. They're getting their brands into the front store quicker. They're getting their brands under the Christmas tree quicker. It's effectively an arms race for tech and it's an arms race towards third-party logistics providers. And the big get bigger here, basically. Got it. So how are we looking, you know, heading into 2022 uh, from a consumer standpoint? You know, we're just a couple months into the year. You know, what are you guys seeing right now with, with how we fare right now compared to maybe a year ago when we were still in the midst of the pandemic? It's, it's, a, it's a great point. So coming out of Q4 is always the best way of answering that. The run rates out of Q4 have been extremely strong. To give you some flavor, e-commerce in Q4 was growing at the better part of 45% within our business from a revenue standpoint year over year. Reverse logistics, which is basically returns management, so effectively people returning goods, one in three items is returned every time you buy anything online. That was growing at around 28%. So this is, this is not just double-digit growth, but it's significant double-digit growth. And what we're seeing on the ground right now, to be explicit to your question, is the consumer is still remaining strong. It's the roaring 20s out there. We're seeing four-hour queues outside of Gucci, the demand for services and hard goods. Really, I've never seen anything like this, quite frankly. So the consumer is spending, they've got massive savings on their balance sheets, and the billions that they have on their balance sheets are going into the storefront and goods are being bought. So there's no slowdown in the consumer taking place post the pandemic is what, what, from what we're seeing. And life is good in the secular story of e-commerce and customers wanting to go direct to the consumer. So it's a out there. So, Mark, I understand that you're coming at this from the supply chain perspective, but when you talk about five-hour lines outside of Gucci, yeah. um, I, I just wonder how much of that is so the supply chain being uh, broken and or how much of that is just like strong retail demand, frankly. I mean, the consumer is, is out there. I think it's a combination of the two. Curing is a yeah. customer cost, but in terms of thinking about thinking about what you're seeing on the ground it's not just the four hour queues outside of gucci it's every rung of our business we, we have a, a okay. number of verticals 40 percent of our business is e-commerce and omni-channel retail we've seen significant strength there we've seen significant demand across the grocery lines food and beverage we're seeing demands over consumer packaged goods and, and even on the industrial side we're, we're hearing about stories on the in the aviation side of, of prices going up double digit percentages on a daily basis so it, there's so much to be said about growth right now from the consumer uh, and there's real demand here's a good question from our chat from quantum how will self-driving trucks and electric trucks change the national distribution landscape i've read electrified ai trucks will outcompete railroad by 30 percent I'd love to be able to give you some insight on AI trucks, but we have no AI trucks because we're not a trucking company. We've got 900 warehouses. However, what I would say is what I like about the question is this idea of a sector like an industrial sector such as ours going up the, the automation curve. And if you were to point to two sectors that are clearly going to undergo that trend over the next 10 years, one of them is the trucking side and the other one is the warehousing side. If you look at our industry, we've got 5% automation right now. If you look at most other industrial sectors, that number has been well in excess of 50%. So if, if our industry is anything to go by on the warehousing side, there is a lot of runway in terms of efficiency savings, but also safety savings as well. And I'm sure that's the same on the trucking side. We're making warehouses safer and more efficient. And as I said on the 6X improvement, when you put a robotic arm into your warehouse, it really just does change the landscape for what great looks like within the warehouse. So uh, best you can tell, 
best you can tell, Mark, um, on a scale of one to ten, with one being like nothing has gotten better, and ten being oh we're back to normal. Um, yeah. What is the state of the global supply chain today compared to two years ago from today? It's, it's such a good point. So right now, I, I think if you had to, to pinpoint it, we're still in the midst of it. I think that things got better around about October, November time last year. So in terms of improvement levels, I think we're still in the first or second innings of a nine or 10 innings process. Now, the reason I say that is that container shipping is still very high in terms of pricing. You've seen it in the freight rates, air freight rates, similar story. If you're going to paint a picture, as you said, over the next two years of how the landscape's going to change and improve, container shipping is probably going to be the second thing to improve. Air freight's going to come first, and you're going to see that largely because the passenger market's going to improve. So air freight, effectively, half of the world's cargo capacity travels in the belly of a plane. So if you imagine passengers getting back into planes, it means more planes in the air, and that means yeah. more belly capacity, which means more space, which means pricing comes down means people put stuff into a plane again from a cargo perspective. So that's going to improve in the first half of the year, I reckon, when you get the passenger market coming back. Then on top of that, we're going to have, I think, the container shipping market begin to alleviate after the air freight market in the second half of this year, possibly into the start of the next. Nothing happens easily in the global supply chain. It's an intricate web, a real bio-tapestry of very, very complicated and different runs. And then all of a sudden, I think the difficult angle the third angle is going to be inflation. I really think inflation is here to stay. The government subsidy that's in place is, is going to persist to a certain degree. And I think people have changed their mind share, mind, mind share in how they think about work. So I don't think that inflation problem is going to change over the next year and a half. I think inflation is here to stay, particularly on the labor side. So that's the one piece that will be difficult in the global supply chain. But hold on, that sort of gets at the, the the robotics thing as well. So, like, obviously, it would behoove a company like yours to invest in the automation now. I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around um, inflation and how that impacts um, the labor market and how that in turn impacts a company like yours, which in turn impacts the global supply chain, which in turn impacts when I get my new Xbox. So I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around all. It's a very complicated thing. It's, you made exactly the right link there, which is when labor inflation takes place, the demand for our customers for wanting technology goes up exponentially. So there isn't a single contract in the third and the fourth quarter that we wrote with customers that didn't have some form of automation. And, and that 6x to 15x improvement from technology really drives people to make that decision. The returns that you get on technology are, are scarily good. We're talking about, there's one example of a warehouse I was at the other day where you're getting a one and a half year cash payback on investment. So, and of course, there, there's an element here of, of, of robots working 24 hours. Input costs are relatively low once you've actually got the initial mainframe in place. And this is not so much about people working against robots there. But what we've found in our warehouses is that we've got a people working alongside robots is very much the mandate. And it really does create a safer environment. That's what we're really trying to push first and foremost. And it breeds that efficiency later on. But our business is really about making sure that the environment is a great working place to be in. And then ultimately, thereafter, we're making sure that we get that Xbox to you as quickly as possible. So it's it, it goes arm in arm with everything that we're trying to achieve here. We're ESG friendly. We're, we're obviously AA rating, as I'm sure you know from MSCI. We focus very much on making our workplace a phenomenal place to work. That happens via tech, but the investment that we're doing from a technology standpoint 
it just causes jumbo, jumbo J curves in our efficiency within the warehouse. And you know I told you that 5% automation is what the industry standard is? Well, the industry is quite frankly in the dark ages versus us. We're 30% automated across our revenue footprint. So we're, we are leading the way from a technological standpoint. Technology really do, does drive better returns and margins for our business. Got it, <laughs> got it. Uh, Mark Manduka, the Chief Investment <laughs> Officer of GXO Logistics, traded on the New York Stock Exchange. You can go check it out if you would like. Mark, thank you for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you. Uh, look forward to having you again on the show anytime we need updates in the supply chain space. Thanks, guys. Justin, good question, but no, we're not going to ask Mark about Skynet. Um, okay, what I wanted to do is I wanted to pull up this this stock. I saw someone mention it in the chat, and I and I'm and I really just genuinely curious here. Ispo, how do you? How does anyone trade Ispo? And now let me just say with full transparency, we have reached out to ISPO, Inspiro Incorporate, Inspirato, sorry, Inspirato Incorporated, uh, and I heard a whisper that there is a greater than 0% chance that we can get them on the show today, but that's very unconfirmed. If we do get them on the show, I will obviously tell you. My main point in bringing this up is this is the, the crazy stock mover of the day. Um, look how many halts this thing is, has today. How many halts today? Now, these are halts and resumptions. But look at this. How many halts? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 halts, and it's noon. Market's been open for two and a half hours, and it's at 11 halts. How? How do you trade this? Please, I, I enlighten, someone enlighten me. You're, you're going to get stuck in a halt every... What, what's that? 15 minutes? I don't know. Math is hard. Sure. 50, I'm just going to go with it. 15 minutes. 20 minutes? How do you trade this thing? How do you limit your risk? You, you, you build a time machine. You can get, you stuck, you can get stuck in a halt. You can get stuck in a halt and five minutes later this thing opens, opens up 20%, down 20% in your face. Seriously. I, I, like, I don't... Like, like, what's the volume today? The volume today is 3.67 million shares. Now, I know a lot of that's computers, but but to the people, Shelly, what do they do? Who cares? Who cares? I don't know. If we get them on the show, we'll find out. I've never heard of this company before today. That's not the point, though. Right? The point is, um, oh, this is a good color from our news desk. God, I love when our news desk just, like, gets in on these movers i what is it ispo look, look how many uh oh wait i have a filter on that's why look, look how many headlines today we have an ispo a lot of them are halts but um this is the one this is this is the big one right there low float inspirato uh they had a high redemption rate on its spac merger well see this is why spacs can be so funky because on paper, high redemption rate is not good, right? On paper, you wouldn't want a high redemption rate for your for your company for your stock. But these moves, what's, what's going on? I'm trying to figure out where this music's coming from. Is it coming from the office? I think so. All right, but they could just rip higher, like for 
I don't know. I don't understand this. Oh, Kathy was on CNBC. What's she talking about? Arc's down four, 4.3% Look, today. Okay. Can I, let me just say this about Kathy. And I've said this as someone who's owned ARKW. I bought ARKW, I think, like February of 2020, I think. We're doing live coverage of the interview with no sound. Um, <laughs> we're going to test my rip lead in here. She's saying she thinks this, did, Tesla and Bitcoin each to a million. Did she just say AMC to the moon? I think so. All right. Um, if you only own growth in your portfolio, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have a really fun time in markets like 2020, right? Or the back half of 2020. But you're going to have a bad time everywhere else. It's good to have some growth. I, I think even Kathy Wood will tell you, you should not have all your money in with my funds. I think she would probably tell you that, right? Um, her funds are very, very uh, targeted, right? They, they only go after like super high growth, expensive valuation stocks, right? There is so much more to the universe than that. I've got some, uh, some ARKW. It's like 5%, I think, and dropping of my portfolio. And so this is why it doesn't bother me because it's not going to kill. It's not, I'm not going to lose my shirt by investing with ARK. I'm not. Now, I won't make a gajillion dollars either. But if I wanted to gamble, I'd go to the casino. Nothing's changed with with Arc. I mean, the, the the market has changed. We're in a rising rate environment now, um, and maybe that means we have to re-rate certain companies. And I know she thinks we're actually in, in a. Uh, uh, she, what, what does she think? She thinks we're in a, a deflationary environment. Is that what she thinks? Uh, I, think, I think I think that's what she said. Um, I don't know. Maybe if maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe the ARKW is never coming back. Yeah, wait, that's a good idea. What if we just put a, made a portfolio and had fifty percent in ARK and fifty percent in SARK? What would be the point of that? You, you you would your your returns would would get eaten away by the by the fees. So SARK is not. This is a good, good learning opportunity. SARK is not one hundred percent inversely correlated with um, ARK. Wait, so here let's let's pull up ARKK. Right, and then we'll compare Sark to ARKK because that's what it that's what the inverse right. So let's do um, a daily, and we'll do just zoom in the last couple of months here. All right, so check it out. Since our, since Sark opened, what is that December? I don't know which is that's close enough, right? So December or November twelfth, right? So ARKK is down 41%, and Sarki is actually up more than that. It's up 51, almost 51%. Um, nothing in life is free, okay? Because of the nature of the SARK ETF, it gets its inverse exposure by using, by using swaps, which are these complex, they're basically contracts that they make with a bank. And those swaps have fees. And those fees get passed down to, to the end the end investor. Okay, so with you can look on any given day here, and um, the the exposure is not going to be exact. See, look today. Actually, Arc is down more than Sark is up. Right, Arc is down three point nine eight percent, 
Eric, um, Sark is up 3.88%. Over time, if you just do a half Sark, half Arc, over time, the fees on both, frankly, because it's not as if Eric Arkeza is that cheap. I mean, I think they charge 75 basis points, which relatively high in the world of ETFs. Um, over time, those fees, I think, will eat away at your returns. Um, so that's my take. So, so no, don't just do a half arc, half Sark. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the, the point of that would be, honestly. <laughs> Take a tax loss and buy. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to do your entire, if you want to plan your entire investing strategy around taking tax losses, then sure. Are you but, saying that's not a good idea? Okay. No. I'll keep that. No, no, no. People who plan their entire investing strategy around taxes um, have so much more money than you and I do that for them it actually matters. Like they're like the 1%. But for the rest of us, doesn't matter, frankly. Unless you literally are dealing with millions of dollars, and then it does matter. And we're talking about tax bills and the six figures. But for most normal people, no, doesn't matter. Um, our next guest is going to be, I think, Luke Jacoby, Hot Stocks Luke. In a couple of minutes, he's going to hop in uh, in Aaron Breestead, and Luke and I are going to hang out for a few. We're going to talk about, I don't know, whatever we want to talk about. Uh, before that happens, though, um, AB, let's do uh, a quick Voyager crypto update. I'm going to bring up my heat map. Can you play my intro, please? Yes, sir. Give me 12 seconds. All right. Here's my heat map on crypto. As I scroll, there it is. Oh, look. Hey, near outperforming again what's up with cosmos i don't know i don't know what cosmos does i don't know what near does i don't know what i don't know what most of this stuff does i'll be honest with you guys i really don't um all i know is green good red bad what's up producer rohan you want to say hi you want to say hi what's up everyone look at look, look at this guy wait are, we're not doing trivia today are we oh my gosh Oh my gosh. All right. Back to the heat map. <laughs> uh all I know is red is red is bad, green is good. And um yeah. Bitcoin. I like round numbers, right? So I, I like seeing Bitcoin above forty two and ETH above three. And Solana above hundred. Round numbers are fun. Um I don't know. I've, I oh this is new though. So this heat map is is um it's it's the largest cryptos by market cap. Wait, what is this FTT? I, I think that hasn't been there. Is that new, or am I just not observant? Uh, no, that's my first time seeing FTT for sure. FTX. Oh, that's FTX token. Oh. Oh. Hell yeah. Damn. Up a hundred twenty five percent in the last year. Good for FTX. All right, FTX token Tron. We we've seen them before. All right. Cool. We have, we have a new one. A new one on the heat map. I don't know what these tokens do. That's why I watch Moon or Bus because they explain stuff to me. Speaking of Moon or Bus, guys, they are at ETH Denver right now. If you are if you are in Denver at ETH Denver, go find Logan, Ryan, Mitch. They're all there right now. Um, hit them up. Say hi in person. Hit them up. Hit them up. Hit them up. Okay, if you want some free Bitcoin, guys, check out the Voyager app. 
Sign up using the code Zing, Z-I-N-G. Fund your account with 100 bucks, make a trade, and they will send you $50 in free Bitcoin just for creating your account at Voyager. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right. Let us know in the chat what stocks you guys are watching today. Um, what else? There was something else I wanted to talk about, Spencer. Oh, no, I it's... want to tell you about what I started start watching last night on the HBO. The Carl Icahn documentary. No, not the Carl Icahn documentary. I did not get a chance to watch that yet. I have to watch that by myself because the, the fiancé is not going to want to watch that with me. She has no interest in Carl Icahn. Yeah, it's, it's all about compromises, right? You have to, like... You got to compromise on, on, on your on your joint watching, right? So that's not going to happen for her. So I got to watch it solo. But we started watching the Beanie Baby documentary, also on HBO. I think it's called Beanie Mania. Oh man, did it bring back the memories? Do you remember those things? Um, I, I do. You do? You do? Yeah. Wow, I didn't think you were going to say yes. Um, like early two thousands, the tail end of that. That that was like the end of it. Yeah, yeah. like mid to late nineties. Oh man. Did this documentary bring back the memories? Gosh, um, the 90s were, were, were a great time here. Um, anyway, it, it was a really good look at, uh, at bubbles, right? What causes bubbles? What causes manias? And it, tulips also, right? That was the first modern-day bubble. Yeah. Really? When was that, like 80s, 90s? Tulips? Yeah. That was like the 1600s, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Tulip mania? That was in the 1600s. I just know tulips and beanie babies, right? What are the other What are the other big ones? Well, I was gonna say NFTs. No? Yeah, I don't know. People might get mad at you for that. Oh come on! Oh, Crocs is dumping. Maybe it's time to get into some Crocs. Come on! Oh, holy shit! Crocs is down. T- All right, something just happened. Hold Wait, on. what the? Fuck? All right. I, I I won't. Talk I just about- hadn't realized the stock has gotten this crushed. It was at 180. I want to talk about Beanie Babies, but Crocs, I guess, is more fun because it's 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 going down here. What's going? Oh, whoa, down 10 percent today. Well, I know, but if you zoom out, I mean, the chart just looks crazy. No, but it was not down at all pre market. It literally was flat pre market. What the hell just happened? Are you watching Crocs pre market? No, I'm not. I'm I'm looking at the candles. Don't shame me. Well, I'm just saying. Either way, I mean, this move from 180 down to 80 has been ugly, but it looks like we are sitting right on previous support. Can we get a chart up, Spencer? I'm trying. Why can't you bring your charts up? Because um, that's a good question. I, yeah, I know. I'm, where's my chart? Come on, computer. I got 40,000 tabs open. So right now we're on the 15-minute chart. You can see the past hour, two hours has not been good. Um, but, Spencer, zoom out on a daily real quick. Fine. There. I'm looking at this level before. Oh, wait a minute. Before you even say that, what is this gap from April 21? The gap from 94 to 85? <laughs> We filled it. We're about to fill that gap entirely. Yeah, it is wild how gaps tend to get filled. Okay, what were you going to say? That's basically what I was going to say. I mean, look at that line we were at before that move up right there, <laughs> like right at $80. That's it, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Gaps. Gaps exist for a reason. They tend to get filled later on. How far later on? Uh, who the hell knows? Eventually. Okay, just got word from Zoltan that... The CEO of um, ISPO will re- allegedly respond to our request for interview 
in the next few minutes. I hope he can come on the show today. And I hope he knows we're going to ask about the stock. But also, like, what the heck do they do? Let's find out about that. Um, wait. So seriously, what 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 the hell? Wait, what is happening out there? Do we do we know? Let's hit up our news desk and see what is. Because I don't see any headlines. Wait, we have to check. Okay, so there's a few things we can do. We can check the my P. I have a news feed that's just for PRs and filings. Mm. Oh, what? They had earnings? Crocs did? Or ISPO? Crocs. Oh. I think earnings. Well, so Jay Rice brings no, up. No, that was yesterday morning. That was yesterday morning. Oh, you know what it is, I bet? I bet you today is their investor day. Hold on. Jay Rice says value trap. Spencer, can you go over what a what a value trap is? Or Hold on. Say I, that what they refer yeah, to? Yeah, I, I can. But one second. Is there investor day today? No, it is not. All right. That's weird. Um, okay. A value trap is very simple. A lot of times uh, it is easy to fall into the trap of looking at a stock and looking at its PE or its forward PE or its price to sales ratio. So let's go to Crocs here and we can see, oh, look, Crocs has a forward PE of 10, right? Uh, oh, it's cheap, quote unquote cheap, right? Look at the industry average is forward PE of 14. So that means the Crocs forward PE is less than the industry average. S&P 500 PE is like what, 20 something, 25, 24. So, oh, it's quote unquote cheap compared to the overall market. It's a value play here. Good, you're getting great value. Well, why is it quote unquote cheap? Why do you not have to pay a lot of money for the right for their future earnings? Sometimes things are cheap for a reason, right? Not everything that's cheap is is a value buy. Sometimes yeah, sometimes stocks are cheap because they suck, right? The way <laughs> I see it, and a lot of times, and I understand the importance of looking at a company's valuation, looking at the balance sheet, you know, seeing if it's trading. Uh, kind of on par with the rest of the industry or is, if it's expensive or if it's cheap. But more times than not, Spencer, it's more important if a company's growing than whatever, uh, you know, valuation it's trading at, right? So so for whatever yeah. reason, even if the valuation for, for Crocs is cheap right now and the company's showing slowing growth or something along those lines, the stock will get hit and vice versa. If a stock is really expensive by traditional measures like Tesla, but it's able to show that, it's continuing to grow. Investors will still come in, and they're willing to take on uh, that high premium to, to buy the underlying product or the buy the underlying equity. I'm trying to get my freaking calendar is bugging out on me right now. Um, but to your point, I wanted to bring up the earnings because to your point about them growing, what the hell is going on right here? My calendar is just totally bugging out. But I wanted to I wanted to pull up and look at the earnings and see, hey, is the earnings and the revenue growing? And more importantly. Is the growth rate like more or less consistent? Or is it like we saw the Twitter DAUs last week, that chart, and it was just up, down, growth is so inconsistent. Um, I always say this about Crocs. I've had the same pair of Crocs slippers for 14 years now. And I've, I don't, they'll probably last the rest of my life, honestly. So that doesn't bode well. I'm a great product, but not, not, not great for your. Uh, 
Um, another stock that I called out a few weeks ago, trading well today, MRO, Marathon Oil. The chart yeah. just continues to look strong. Here, I'll pull up my chart for this yeah, one. Yeah, I just want to pull up my calendar for, for Crocs, and the date functionality is giving me a really hard time right now, which is annoying. So this is one of those stocks that I saw setting up as, as a swing trade more so than anything else. But I think as we're seeing here, let me get to, this is a two-day chart. Let me pull up the daily chart. I mean, Spencer, look how, look how strong this stock has been going back to, to kind of mid-December around Christmas time. And it's basically, there's a few dips in there, right? Right here in uh, mid-January from January 14th to January 21st, we had four red days in a row, but then we filled that gap pretty quickly. Um, I mean, th th this has just made a beautiful move from about $15 up to 22. The company reported earnings yesterday, strong earnings. Again, this is Marathon Oil, ticker MRO. Um, as far as oil and gas plays, th this company is in a very strong position. However, the one thing I don't love about it is it has a lower dividend yield than other um, stocks in this industry, right? If, if you're going to invest in an oil and gas company like Chevron, MRO, whatever, you want um, you want something. And yeah, Jay Rice, good call. That is where I got my idea for MRO from Ooh. from Options Mike, and he gave it to us at like fifteen, sixteen. So it's made a uh, like 40 percent move from there. But um, I called that out again a couple weeks later after that. You know, showing that it was it was still setting up for a nice trade from um, here, and, and we're right now going back out on the chart at um, you know three-year three year highs on, on the stock. So as long as demand for oil and gas continues to increase, I think that this trade is still on. Um, until otherwise, basically, I, I'm in this stock. It's hard for me because I feel like I missed the boat. Yeah. On, on <laughs> every single energy thing. So Wait, let's see. Uh, Daniel in the chat saying IVR. Oh, it's difficult for me. What is this? Has a? Am I reading that right? IVR has a 12%. Let's check. Dividend yield. Oh, this is showing fourteen percent IVR. Let's see what this is. Invesco Mortgage Capital Inc. Let's pull up the daily. I mean, yeah, the chart doesn't look great. Why does my chart look like this? All right, Spencer, I screwed something up. I can't. I'm trying to transfer some. Some Jesus. All right, that transfer did not work at all. All right, whatever. On the plus that I was able to get my calendar working for Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> so, you bring up that point. Uh, well, you, you can get your charts fixed. I bring up my calendar that's working now because nothing's working today. But to the point about uh, are you growing, right? Uh, I'm looking at the EPS column. And I'm looking at the re the revenue column here, and just looking at the EPS because that's the bottom line bottom line number. Um, yeah, well, let's go back to I don't know. Let's go back five years. Let's go back to 2017, right? Um, oh, these these numbers are. Hold on. Sorted by the right thing. Let's sort. It'd be help if we sorted. It. There we go. Uh, 2017. Let's just go back uh, five years. And oh, what's that? Earnings per share of 27 cents in the second quarter last year. Two dollars 23 cents. So yeah, yeah, they're growing. Now this is not the end all be all. You have to look at things like margins. You have to look at things. Uh, like, I mean, top line revenues is, is important too. Um, the price of the stock matters, but by and large, it's a growing company. Uh, whoever asked where Hot Stocks Luke Jacoby is, uh, he's here, actually. He is, he's joining us momentarily. 
like as we speak, as I talk to you right now, he's sitting down at the desk waiting to, um, I don't know, do something. But I still don't like Crocs. I, mean, I like Crocs, the product. I don't like Crocs in stock. I never have. I never got why it ran up all that way. All right. It's, it's 12.23. Let's bring on our next guest, Hot and Stocks, Luke Jacoby. <laughs> Yo, what up, man? Yo, what is Yo. going on, Spence? How what is up, Zinger Nation? I missed you. How you been? Been doing okay. Yeah? Yeah, it's cold. It's rainy. Oh, it sucks but outside. stocks have been hot. There's no doubt about that. Lots of movement for us to trade. I wouldn't say they've been hot. Okay. Enough volatility. How's that? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Can, can, I, can I just start with, with one uh, downside pitch? Wait, why does it say AB and Hot Stocks Luke on the screen? My name is not AB. I think it's fine. Who did that? Rohan, fix it. That definitely wasn't me. All right, whatever. All right, can we start with one? Yeah, can we talk it. about Virtu on this show, Spencer? Oh, you know we 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 never do, but it but it's a good name to bring up, and I'll let you explain why. All right, so let me explain why. Uh, do you, do you have a screen share while I'm getting mine set up, Spencer? Uh, I got it. It's right here. Wow, you're so advanced. All right, uh, it, it's definitely a little bit late in this one. But, but not too late if if you have the thesis that I'm about to pitch. This is a name that, that I've been in for, for quite a while at mm -hmm. this point. Uh, it, it's called Virtu Financial, ticker V-I-R-T. That's Victor India Romeo Tango. Virtu. Somebody could throw that in the chat. Help your fellow zingers out. It's that up there on the screen. There, look at it. All right. Yeah. Just trying to involve the crew since you only let me come on for 20 minutes once a week. No, that's not uh, true. That's not true. But but here here's the, the deal with Virtu. It, it it is it's a market maker. Uh, as of last check, in in a decade of of trading and market making, the company has only lost money one day. <laughs> one day. Wait, can, do do you know what day it was? I don't know what day it was. Damn. That's a good trivia question. That Damn. would be fun to dig into. That'll be good to know. Okay. Uh, so how do you, how do you know that? I read Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Um. But but they 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 they've only lost money in the markets one one day up until it's, you know it's been a little while since I checked but yeah. but let's say that that trend is is still relatively consistent, um and and, and basically what Virtue's doing is they are lining up all the orders right they're doing all these these micro 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 fractional of of a penny penny two pennies type trades and and they they do it programmatically and that cash stacks why am I bringing up this stock now why am I in it. For one, it pays a really nice, steady, consistent dividend. Uh, we, we have about a 3% dividend yield right now. You're getting 24 cents every single quarter. Uh, they, they've been paying that dividend for a number of years, so maybe seven years, eight years, 10 years, so somewhere along those lines. So, you know, 3% yield on a nice, steady, slow and steady stock, not bad at all in this, this zero interest rate environment that we're in. Uh, so, so there's one. Two, the, the piece where it's more interesting, the cat, let's talk about the capital appreciation side, why might the stock price go up, uh, is, is that when there's volatility, when there's periods of volatility, Virtu makes more money. That, that's they, Thank you for zooming out that chart, Spencer. But quite let, let's pinpoint a couple spots on this chart. 2018, that looks like it's right at the end of 2018. Who, who here has been trading long enough to remember what happened at Actually, the end of 2018? This, this, oh, you're referring to that? Yep. That that was the first quarter of 2018. Oh, that's not our start of 2018. 
No. Was it 20? Which which year do we have that horrible December? No, spends? you're you're right. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. on the right track if you look at the end of the year because it was tw- the end of 2018, but it doesn't show up in the price action. And, and, and then you hop forward to the COVID time. Whenever we get these waves of volatility, that's when Virtu makes more more money as a company. There's a couple of other stocks that are like this as well. NASDAQ is is another one. The exchange, yes, not not just a NASDAQ listed stock, but NASDAQ itself is, I, is listed ICE, on the exchange. ICE. Uh ICE. I don't know ICE as well. Their business is much more complex. What about what about CME or SIBO, the two op- the futures and the options exchanges? Say same thing. Okay. And 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 so so he, here's why I like Virtu. Is is because you you eliminate some of that that like single product risk which you could run it into with like a CBOE or a CME, um, and it again it's it's that nice hedge against volatility. If you think that the market is going to be in for some raucous times, obviously it has been with, with all these earnings reports coming out with with Fed talk with Ukraine talk etc. Um, but but Virtu is is one of those companies that that stands to benefit among the volatility. So so because of that. I think about it as like my secret hedge, plus the three percent dividend that I've been collecting for years. Nice. That that's why I think that Virtu is interesting. Uh, and and I see see Christian Gallagher in the chat's asking, isn't Apex going public through his SPAC? No, Christian, they were. They called it off, Spence. They called it off. The SPAC deals are hard to close. Yeah. SPAC deals are incredibly hard to do. Deals in general are hard to close. You can speak to that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so like a, a SPAC deal, you you have to do two things. Do, doing a standard M and A deal is not easy, right? We we just did one with Benzinga, six months of of just pure grind. Um, still waiting for my you know congratulatory letter from the company, but uh, you know it's it's a pain in the ass to do. An IPO is a pain in the ass as well. Um, and so when you're doing a SPAC deal, you have to do both. And did we That's talk about nice. DWAC yet today, Spencer? No. Uh, Are we well, going to? We've talked about it on other shows, not not on this show. Are we going to? Yeah. Does anybody still care about DWAC? If so, there's some thoughts here. Yeah, I think people care. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, well, you it's, do it's, your it, stock. It, you you do your next stocks. That was my first one of the day. I'm just coming out swinging. I'm long Virtu. I told you why I like it. You got that nice dividend. You have that 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 benefit from some volatility potentially. You guys think about it as like my secret hedge, um, and I'm getting paid to hold on to that hedge. All right. What's um, your next one? Well, I wanted to just pull Arc up for a second because sometimes you see uh, these companies go on, go on TV, and their stock reacts positively or negatively. In this case, uh, Kathy Wood, the interview on CNBC, did really no such thing. To I mean, granted, it's different for an ETF provider, but. Um, you know, because the price of the of the fund is coupled to the price of the under the underlying holdings, but um, yeah, not a good day for Arc. So um, I wanted to bring that up, and, and then no no update on the uh, the ISPO. Everyone, no update on the ISPO. What's the ISPO? I don't know what that. That's one. the hot stock of the day. Do you like do you like trading stocks at a halt ten thousand times? Some no, because that's what's happening. Uh, look at oh, it's making trying to make a new high. By the way, have you seen Nightscope? No. We had William, yeah, I, I did like a week after it's IPO. Okay, so we had the CEO on the show yesterday, um, and I asked him repeatedly to comment on the price action, and he repeatedly, professionally evaded my questions. <laughs> but look at this chart. Look at the volume here on Nightscope. Yeah, it was insane. It's otherworldly. 
Things trading over a million shares a day to IPO to two weeks ago. That was the craziest thing. I mean, way down. Very, way very, very often, what you will see on an IPO is you get a massive day one volume candle, right? And then just a steady decline. And that goes for basically everyone, right? That goes for like the mega caps, it goes for the small caps. You get the day one IPO, and then after that, everyone forgets about it and moves on. Nightscope is so not doing that. It's so interesting too, because because they 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 did the reggae offering into this. I know. So it's it, sort of it, cool, right? It, it creates all sorts of potentially cool possibilities if like if people see this and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait a minute! I can do a reggae offering, and maybe my stock will stay sexy for a month after the IPO." That's fun. Um. Yeah, I know, Christian. They advertise a lot. Um. All over, all over the place. What was your next stock going to be? Uh, you want to do DWAC or PayPal? No, I, 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 I want to do DWAC first. All right, let's talk about DWAC. DWAC. Uh, is the it, app is supposed to launch. Yeah, pull up the ticker. Is DWAC. It, is that 90 yet? Truth no, Social. Not. This is the Trump Twitter competitor. Uh, app is supposed to launch on Monday. Stock market is closed Monday. Correct, Spencer? Is it closed a full day? Yo. Reminder, stock market's closed on Monday, everyone. We're not going to be here. <laughs> no show on Monday. I'll be here. Maybe we'll, I'll do a solo show. No, don't do that. Okay, fine. We won't do any shows on Monday. Um, but, but app is supposed to launch Monday, President's Day. Stock market is closed Monday. Uh, reports out this morning that, that the company has started putting the first beta users on the app. The, the, the report that I read said, said that 500 beta users were, were put on the app. Um, that's not a lot for, for context, Benzinga, right? We're not like a, a huge Trump type brand, but when we beta test something, we usually like to ramp it up into the thousands of beta users. Um, so, so I, I see two points of, of potential downside here on, on the DWAC launch one, it doesn't actually launch on time and it gets delayed. I, that, that hits the stock Two. It launches there, and there's issues. It, it could either be, you know, just managing tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of users that all flow in at once when they're only used to experiencing a load of 500. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then I'll, I'll give you two B. Uh, let's be honest. There's going to be a lot of people who are trying to take this thing down. That's oh, just yeah. the truth of it. Big so tech. There's going to be a shit ton of people. You're saying big tech. I'm saying individuals. I'm oh, saying like oh, like like oh, oh. the vigilante hacking type groups oh. are going to be trying to destroy this thing. Okay, okay, okay. The moment it launches, I, I was going to say big tech because big tech they can be friends when they want to be friends. They can be friends when they want to be friends. Yeah. So so into that launch, I'm not a huge fan of of holding DWAC. I've never traded the stock. I've never hit it long Ooh. or short. Yeah, but, but I know that a lot of people are. And, and that's where I'm calling out as somebody who is involved at Benzinga here, creating and launching products. A lot of times there's issues. There's been a ton of fanfare for this launch. So so that's the concern that I'm putting out there. Uh, All right. That's fair. Um, oh, oh, oh. And, and then so, somebody in the chat is saying, Luke, I think you're wrong. I think they announced they're delaying the launch to March. Oh, that's possible. Which is also possible. I'm not sure. If somebody could Wait, confirm that, that'd be what great. What was I about to say about, about uh, DWAC? Shit. I don't forget. No, forget it. It wasn't about that. Never mind. Um, okay. Now we have two confirmations on the March launch. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Does anybody want to take the under on that? Or 
It's launching ahead of March? I don't think so. Or, or the over. And, and that's the thing. God, it's frustrating, right? This is where stock market gets frustrating. It's, it's your your, so your thesis can be right, but that doesn't mean that the stock is going to move the way you want it to. Like, like I've been on this show every single week since they announced that, that February 21st date saying there's no way that this thing actually launches. It's true. It's pushed Come, back, it sounds like, well, but the stock price doesn't care. Well, let's be honest. This stock price in no way represents the value of this company right now. In no way. Completely decoupled. It's not the only stock that does that. Um, and it can make the stock market a frustrating place, for sure. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean. All right. Uh, what about ISPO? Can you pull that one up, Spencer? Yeah. Someone's saying you it. You need it, one minute candles. It's mooning again. Can I can I go to thirty second candles? One minute candles. Oh, 60 bucks now. ISPO. Luke, I was asking in the chat before, um, half rhetorically, half not. But I mean, it was no. It was a serious question. How the hell did someone trade a stock like this? It's been halted fifteen times today. How do you trade that like safely without losing everything? So and now here it goes. A, a God, spec. It, it, it just it, tra it trades. Look at this. Look at this thing. Look, it's moving two dollars a print. How do you? That's where the Yolo boys come out. Come on, Spencer. I don't even know. I I mean I I can't see my the bid ass spread because I don't have it open. I, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's really trading this thing super seriously. This is where, where you know the people come out to have fun with it. Can right? someone tell me what the spread is on this right now? Here, I'll just go into my account, look it up myself. I mean, is it, what what is it like a, a mile wide? I'm just like curious here because I love it when this stuff happens. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to look at, but it's I mean, a blast. I don't touch them. Is anybody out there trading the stock ISPO? Yeah, put a one in for trading this stock. Yeah, I want to see the ones of people who actually have any order today. It doesn't even need to have been filled, but you at least threw out an order on the stock. Oh my goodness, this thing is not now. Spencer, now Spencer. Whoa, 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 switch it to daily candles. No, why? <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. I don't even know. Wait a minute. Somebody's asking if it halted. Wait a minute. Again. It, it yes. halted again. Yeah, yeah, it halted again. Twelve thirty-six fifty-five. Um, these are five minute halts, I believe, still. So yes. twelve forty one fifty five is when it's going to reopen. Twelve forty two. No, forty two. No, no. Oh, you said it was thirty six. Okay, so yeah, twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's thirty six. All right. I don't know. Uh, you want to talk about PayPal? Yeah, let's talk about Yo, PayPal. Is PayPal going to stop going down ever? You think? I don't know, man. It's rough. So, so there's the chart. There's daily candles. Uh, zoom in a little bit. It, zoom it's, in. It's okay. it's been a bloodbath. Um. I've been in this stock since last Thursday. Oh, wow. Yep. Da down about 10% on it right now. Um, I'll, I'll go back through the thesis for, for why I bought it, and, and then let's let's talk about it. Um, so so the idea here is, is that PayPal, you have, you have a stock like PayPal, a nice, consistent growth stock uh, that, that was down to trading at about four and a half times sales, right? So PayPal... Is the stock price has gotten clobbered. Zoom us out a little bit now, Spencey, please. Zooming out. So, as so, we so speak. the price absolutely obliterated, right? It, it had gotten clobbered so badly that, that it was trading in line with, with where you would expect, like your very, very average, your median S and P 500 stock to trade. Yeah, it's average. Uh, Nothing the, wrong with average. The, the, the company has has good margins. It's nicely cash flowing, uh, and then it's potentially a flight to safety type stock. 
right? It's it's a older tech. I wouldn't say it's old tech, but it's an older tech type stock that mm -hmm. might get some some flight safety concerns. Mm -hmm. um, I bought this stock thinking that that I might have found the bottom when when we got a green candle, and then the next day we, we were getting a continuation higher. We we were trading around the high of the day. Uh, we were up for the day, and I'm like, all right, we had the the bottoms in. This is day two, continuation of the trend. You know, my longer term fundamental thesis. Uh, it might be time to apply that in 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 get in. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. Like I said, Brilliant. down about ten percent since yeah. entering it. Um, thesis is still intact. There, there's nothing that changed in the thesis, right? I still think that this is a cheap stock. I still think that margins are nice. I still think that it's decently cash flowing. Um, you know, I, I took a quarter position when I entered it. Not okay. not a full position. It was a quarter position to get it started. I'm still hanging on to that position. Uh, if we don't get any sort of afternoon recovery and, and the stock is sitting at lows of the day at the end of the day today, like it is right now, uh, I think it's going to be my cue to get out and, and go back to waiting. And maybe I can pick it up a little bit cheaper. So, so that's where I'm at with PayPal. This is a lesson in if you're going to try to not that Luke is trying to call a bottom, but if you're going to try to... I was trying to pick a bottom, for All right, sure. fine. If you're trying to call a bottom, then you better be prepared to get cut because he's getting cut here the past the past. Yeah, and, days, and so. here's the thing, right? I'm not picking... But go back to ISPO. Oh, it's about to open. In the minutes. <laughs> and it's about to open in like a minute. God, time flies when you're having fun. Give me, give me a minute. Candles, please. I'm, I'm, I'm having so much fun with you, Luke. All right, so wait. What, what do we say? 1241, 50-something? Yeah, but, but, but here's my point, right? Yeah. I'm not trying to pick a bottom on a stock like this. Well, yeah. Right? When, when, whenever I'm trying to do that, it, it's with a very sound fundamental thesis, which I believe that I have for PayPal. You, you've got nice steady growth, nice margins, cash flowing, valuation is good. Um, you know, I, I, I have that, that strong long-term thesis. This is, was a longer-term trade. Um, and, and that's where I'm going and trying to pick the bottom. I'm not trying to pick the bottom on... Drug company misses FDA trial, stocks down 80%. How much lower can it go? Right? That That's not what we're trying to do out here. We're, we're trying to lead with, with the strong fundamentals. And then we're trying to look at, hey, can the technicals help us uh, manage around these positions? Get into them and get out of them a little bit better. Right. Squeeze those margins. We, on the we got 20 seconds till ISPO opens. If, if, if your time on the halt was right. I said 1241.55. Okay. We got 10 seconds until the... Uh, 15 seconds till the till the halt. So till should we just sit in silence until then? Shh. All right, in the chat, go fast. One, if you think it opens higher. Two, if you think it opens lower. I don't know where the bids are lining up. One higher, two lower. I'm going higher, Spence. Let's see. It was higher. It opened higher. There you go. Um, it opened at what was that 12? Uh, no, it was it was uh 57.15. So it, it it opened higher there. Uh, wow. Um, the bid is, uh, I, oh, no, sorry. This, so the spread is still over a dollar. The spread's more than a dollar wide. <laughs> you can drive a truck through that. Not a lot of people trading this thing. What do you mean not a lot? Oh, you mean computers? I'm saying yeah. the, the spread that wide. It's a dollar wide, literally. Uh, no, no, it's two dollars. <laughs> Stand corrected. It's two dollars wide now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh... You like that? I mean, I don't even know. I don't know, man. This is crazy. All right, what's the next one? Hey, uh, next one? I, I I have a stock pick for you. Okay, let's hear it. You know, 
don't make new picks too often, but and I I'm, I'm going to be repeating myself to some people in the chat, but Flonk, Luke, what is it? Formula One, Liberty Media. This is the the company that owns Formula One Racing. Okay. Like like the the racing the circuit. Is it is is it just me or is Formula One Racing like the most popular sport in the world? Thank you. It is not just you. It's actually everyone. It's 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 everyone. Um, the new season starts in a couple in, in a month, and the new season of the documentary on Netflix starts in a month. So there's your catalyst. What's uh, the what's the symbol? F W O N K Fwonk. Nope. Come on. It trades. It trades on Joel, the Na- Joel. Joel. It trades on the Nasdaq. Joel on pre market prep taught me this one a long time ago. He does not buy five symbol stocks. It trades on the Nasdaq. What other five simple stocks do you like? Long longevity. You got Comcast. Comcast. Thank you. That's a good one. No, Google does not count. You got Google. What else? I'm having a hard time thinking of any right now. You're really. Um, All right. Uh, who who else bought Funk? Tiny Pie's asking. Uh, Warren Buffett. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tiny Bice, teaming up for that one. Yeah, all right, you let that one out. You're like, I got a Netflix show. Who doesn't have a Netflix show? I got a Netflix show coming out next month, Spencer. Oh yeah, yeah. Hot stocks, Luke. Everybody's got a Netflix. show. Wait, I was telling Aaron before you hopped on. I, I, whoa, my mic just weird things. Um, I started watching the Beanie Baby documentary on on HBO. Is that good? It's amazing. Let me fix my mic. Right can you now. upload it online so we can all watch check, it? Check, 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 check. Can I upload on? No. How are we going to watch this then, Spencer? Check, check, check. Is my mic better? You're just going to tease us that you have HBO and the rest of us don't? Check, check, check. Okay. Think your um, mic's good. Okay, thank you. Um, All right, and I'm, we're getting some commentary in the chat that, that, that soccer is more popular than Formula One. Yeah. I, I think in, Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Soccer definitely has more players. I would agree with that. I saw that <laughs> comment. Um, yes. Actually, no. The teams are much smaller, and Formula One teams are huge. And what what about well, like like viewership? There's only Twenty players though in Formula One. I would argue there's like a thousand because each team has like a hundred people on well, it. Well, yeah, but well, you could count the team principals maybe, but in terms of like those spectators, they don't count those people as like people they know or watch, right? They're more behind the scenes. I'd say soccer is a hundred percent bigger. Of course right. it is. Yeah. All right. Of course. Of course it is. Anyway, but this is my this is my recommendation for you. The chart looks pretty what, good. How, how long has it been around for, Spencer? And for uh, anybody just joining, we're talking about Liberty One, uh, Liberty, Form- Liberty Formula Form- One Group. Yeah, that's ticker F W O N K. Yeah, do, do, do you want Strat Whiskey you, Oscar November? You want to look at some ratios here? Let's look at some ratios. Yeah, we got we got enough forward. Is that that's? I choose not to believe that number. Three forty four forward PE. No, that's true. All right. it's barely it barely has net income. Let's look at operating income. Let's go. Let's go over. It sort of basically doesn't have either. All right. Let's look at cash flow. Don't worry. They it have does. Nothing. It does have great operating cash flow, which, which suggests. So so here, let's do the comparisons. So so here's the net income, the profit for the last last. We'll look at the last three quarters. Negative fifty million. Fifty five million. Negative 46 million. That's the profit that we get on, on the quarterly reports. Negative oh, 50, 55, negative 46, which is why I'm saying it basically doesn't have EPS. This is where I am. Because the, the, but the, the, the but if you go over to cash flow, we get cash from operations. You have positive 55 million, positive 128 million, positive 184 million. 
and and so so what that suggests to me is that the the business is actually really nicely cash flowing, obviously, uh, and there's just some funky stuff in the income statement, which is why I never like to use uh, PE. Hey, every uh, every number has flaws. PE ain't perfect. That's why I I I, I got my mix. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like my quick gut check, I start at price to sales. I then go down to EV to EBITDA. Hmm, interesting. Right? Because that, that basically pulls you to operating income, less like, you know, stock-based compensation, all these bullshit non-cash expenses. Uh, so, so I'm starting with, with, with price to sales, going to EV to EBITDA. Then I like to click over to operating cash flow. I mean, this is the exact pattern that we just took on the stock. Operating cash flow is the, the company actually cash producing. Uh, and then and then the last check, which we haven't done on this one yet, is I like to look at the balance sheet, make sure that you're not about to get hammered with with the capital raise. And, and in this stock, it looks like the, the no, they have, they, they have cash. $2.2 billion of cash on the balance sheet. They have sheet. cash on hand. They're fine. All right, but you got a catalyst and you got some... Uh, I think it's uh, interesting. Yeah, all right, all right, there we go. Did you buy it? Are you in it? Oh yes, I'm in. I'm also in Callaway Golf, E L Y, but I'm less convicted on that one. So is, is, is Callaway Golf what owns Top Golf? Yep. Now they do. Yeah. They bought it what two years ago? Year and a half ago? All right, Spencer. Yeah. Market cap on Callaway Golf, four and a half billion. Mm-hmm. Market cap on DWAC, three billion. Oh, that 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 sounds totally right because um, if you subtract the future revenues from DWAC and add it to the Which would you rather own? Well, I own the one I own. It's the one I rather own. It's Callaway. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, DWAC's up today. Callaway's not. Producer AB in the background making a great point. Whatever. All right. We're supposed to have uh, Mark Moran from Liquidity on here. I don't know where he's at, though. Um, and then at 1 o'clock, we're going to be joined oh, by... Getting the boot already. At 1 o'clock, we'll be joined by uh, the guys from Trade Zero. We're going to do a, a, a quick short-selling segment... Ooh. We're going to walk through a couple of um, short setups and talk about them at length and take questions from the chat. Um, and then I think at 1.30, Sharon from Benzinga is going to come on. Um, Sharon from HR. And uh, I don't know, scold us for doing things? Or uh, actually, she's going to walk us through her uh, her new her new investing account. All right. So. And, and then, Spencer, we got big, big breaking news. Wait, can I play the breaking news thing? Okay. What's up? All right, ISPO, hi a day. We're getting close. Oh, geez, really? That's the line to watch. If you're watching this name, ISPO, hottest stock of, of the day. Of the year? Of the century? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've got high a day right now, somewhere just above 66. Maybe let's call it 66 and a half. Uh, I, I, I know where resistance is. We're at 62. 69. Oh, it's key psychological level? Psychological level at 69, everyone. That's a key psychological level. That's fair. Yep. All right. That, that's the breaking news. And, and producer AB uh, was just asking me for my hot sports bet before we hop off. Oh, and I had a question for you before you hopped off as well. I'm going over women's Olympic hockey tonight. What? 10 o'clock Eastern. Let's go. No. Okay. What, what's your Wait, sport the, bet? The gold medal game? Yep. Dude, that already happened. There's what's tonight? I don't know. The U.S. and Canada. That that game was like eight hours ago. We, we got we got women's hockey tonight. No, no, we don't. <laughs> no, it's a replay. Hold on, <laughs> Hold on Spencer. 
I I've been awake since look I in, in all seriousness I've been up since two in the morning I didn't sleep at all last well, night. Well, then I had nothing for us. Um. There you go. Oh, okay. Thank he's you. He's taking the over. He's taking the over. There you go. Wait, no. I wanted to ask you. Did you scan the the coin? Do the Coinbase thing on the Super Bowl? No, Spencer. What? I, I missed the first half of the Super Bowl. I have a job. I was working. Oh, that's. I only of... got the second half. That's, I missed it. That stinks. Then I saw the commotion after. Oh, but but so they had the QR code and then the app crashed. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. All right. I was talking to Jacoby guys. Smash the like for Luke. We appreciate his time. All right. As always. Peace, guys. Happy trading. Peace and love, Luke. Peace and love, Luke. All right. Mark Moran from Liquidity is here. Let's get him on the show right now with our special. Link. Mark, how's your day going? Guys, I'm doing well. My apologies for coming late. I heard you call me out on the YouTube broadcast. <laughs> I thought we were doing one o'clock, so that's on me. Well, I don't know. Did Aaron tell you that? Cause yeah, I did. Well, remember the whole... I know, and then I told you no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, then you said we're I didn't here change now. the calendar invite. Yeah, it is what it is. Whatever, whatever. It's, All on, right, me. Mark. it's on me. All right, we, I understand that liquidity has some news to break. Is that is that right? We, we did, and earlier today, one of your colleagues uh, broke the article that uh, we were announcing a uh, $1.5 million podcast contract for our podcast called Big Swinging Decks with CoinFlex, which is a crypto exchange that uh, concurrently also today announced their expansion into the U.S. 1.5, what are we doing wrong, man? 1.5, it's like we, 1.5 million dollars. You know, you got to uh, you got to start a meme page, and it's it, it's Damn. funny. It's it's interesting though because for for us, I think that's that number is kind of attributed to the brand and the recognition that Lit has built with this page over the past five years. And so for us, uh, you know, prior to this contract, we were really looking at evaluating various options to bring on more money to fund the growth of the business. So with this money, it's going to be super helpful. Uh, you know, make it so that we're not going to have to go uh, for outside capital for longer than we anticipated, and really help us grow and continue to take this meme page. To to grow it and build it and uh, turn it into kind of a financial media company of the future like you guys. Yeah, and, and Mark, and I, I implore everyone to go check out that article from Renato. Uh, mm -hmm. Renato's great. Something that great I thought guy. was interesting in there, um, the, the name for the podcast, Big Swinging Decks, that comes from a, a Michael Lewis book. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I think it was 1987 when Liar's Poker came out. and Big that Swinging Dick. Yeah, big it, big swinging what? dick. I just uh, said it. I just said it. It's okay. He can say it. I said he, it. Oh he my said God. it. Yeah, big big swinging dick. <laughs> and it, you know, we're on we're on YouTube. It's fine. I'm sure everyone yeah, in the yeah. in the comments they're cool with it. Um, yeah. I, I love the comment section by the way. Here, it's, it's super entertaining, and I wish I could like have it up right now. But uh, you know, it was funny with the with the name of that because I remember telling my mom that you know, we're going to name this uh, big swinging decks, and she's like, Mark, I think that's a little too much. I was like, No, this is exactly why it's going to work, and so. I think, uh, you know, CoinFlex agreed with that. And, you know, here we are talking about this now with you guys. Well, compared to, uh, I don't know if you, you know, another uh, podcast we're connected to, Penny's Going In Raw. Mm. Big Swinging Dex is, is kind of tame compared to Penny's Going In Raw <laughs> as far as the name goes. But what I, was, I thought was interesting about the Michael Lewis thing, I was looking at his list of books. That was, did you know Liar's Poker was his very first book? I've read Liar's Poker. Came out in 19, I think it is 80, either 87 or 89. Yeah. 80, yeah, I didn't know it was his first book. Interesting. Yeah, I was surprised mm. by that because that's like one of the more, I mean, obviously behind, you got Moneyball, The Big mm. Short, 
Um, but exactly. What basically what I'm going with this is eventually you got to get Michael Lewis on the podcast, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That is that is part of the plan here, obviously. Okay, and, I'm and, looking and, forward to that. And I, I think too, you know, he, he's kind of someone who, when we think about ourselves, or he took a very different path from people in the industry, went and became an author, and kind of did something that I think brought and shed a lot of light into something that you know this this kind of world of high finance and Wall Street, no one really knows about who's not part of it, and that's, that's something true. that we really plan to continue to do, especially on the junior side, and kind of we've been very successful with that so far, being kind of a proprietary news source break certain things like the Goldman Sachs workers condition survey that uh, came out last year and really Wait, being you, you broke that we we did break that yeah and holy we got, crap I remember we got, that that was we got was no epic. credit for that and and to clarify this was before I started at liquidity and so yeah. this was lit himself who broke this but uh, liquidity the entity did and you know then Bloomberg picks up on it all the other major outlets it becomes global news no credit for us so yeah. Well, and that that's what's so interesting because you you gather the audience, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone in the industry in investment banking whatever. If they they want to go to liquidity because mm -hmm. it offers them kind of a a new perspective of media on their job, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And part of having that huge audience is then you get people that are willing to to you know send you that stuff and say, "Hey, you know, yeah. like this is off the record, but I thought you guys would find this interesting, you know." So, uh we get that a lot too and, it, and it's awesome mm -hmm. when it when it works out both ways. You get cool stuff to share your audience, and then now your audience has uh interesting things to share with you as well. It, exactly. And you know, it's it's interesting like the times we live in where, you know, kind of the older rules of journalism don't apply to oftentimes what we're doing. And so we view it as, you know, if we have market moving news, something that's really important to our followers that we can confirm with, you know, a few other sources or we, you know, believe has credibility, we'll throw it out there. And, uh, you know, that's something I think a lot of other organizations aren't willing to do initially. And so they wait for us to throw this out and act like they did it uh, off the bat. But that is what it is. And we'll continue to, to keep doing this. So, yeah. And with something like that, I mean, obviously the person doesn't want their name out there mm -hmm. who shared the, the report or whatever but it's like as long as you can vet that the report's legit and then it's coming from someone who actually works at at goldman then i think mm -hmm. using like the anonymous source is completely fine there are sometimes in journalism whether it's coming from you know an establishment outlet or a newer mm -hmm. outlet where oh maybe it's not the best thing to use an exactly. anonymous source right but if you if it's if it's vetted and, it, and it's good and in a case like that then it makes sense yeah and i mean i think in this day and age with with fake news you know kind of all around you never know what's real half the time what's fake if it's not from a mainstream source but you know we have a history of doing this over the past five years and nothing's ever been false that we put out there uh, we take kind of great detail uh, and care when putting anything out there and uh, I think that's what's established us kind of as a you know a proprietary news source that i don't think people really saw coming but uh here we are as a meme page breaking some news all right mark before i let you go i gotta yeah. ask you about f boy island man yes okay for, for yes. those who don't know uh and the only reason i know this i just want to say i it wasn't my choice to watch this originally mm -hmm. uh but relationships are about compromise uh and you are on the f boy island show on hbo what was that like? Uh, honestly, it was so much fun. It was a, an absolute blast for for two months. We filmed with the Caymans. Uh, I didn't have a phone, so you're just kind of off the grid, making friends with a bunch of people who you know I would have met. But it was it was fun. I obviously okay. didn't win though. I didn't find love. 
this gets at my other question, which is not specific yeah. to that show, but we're we're watching this this Love Is Blind show now, and this question that I have okay. is, how can these people, and you are in this group now, why, take, why are you calling them these people? How can you guys take? Who can take a month off of work to just film in Belize or wherever the hell you are? You know who who is. Who's taking a month off of their jobs to do this? So I have the answer for you. First off, for me, I did this with the idea of wanting to get into financial media and saw this as something that, okay, this will catapult me and kind of put me out there in the public light, uh, okay. which it worked out. So I actually left with the intention of moving into doing this. So okay. the others, though, um, oftentimes a lot of people, you know, they're influencers, they're selling protein powder, they're personal trainers, and it's something that they can take a few months off to do uh, and in an attempt to grow their personal brand. But okay. uh, I would say, uh, you know, I'm one of the few, if not the only, uh, you know, former investment banker that's uh, that's gone on one of these shows. Yeah, I cause he, <laughs> and and their their careers, it's no knock on anyone, but their careers are always so vague. It's like, oh, I'm a consultant. I'm, mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. I'm a healthcare coach. I mean, well, if I if I found a reality show for you to go on and we got it all set up, Raz and Luke would let you go on that reality oh, show. Oh, you know, you know what? We should talk. Luke just said not again. He said, Yeah, Spencer, yeah. go go on if we got Spencer on Bachelor Luke, we'd let him go for a month, I, right? I, I can introduce you to a lot of producers. We should make this happen. Yeah, oh, Bachelor man. in Paradise. I love it. I love it. Camera. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wait, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What do you say? I don't, you gotta ask. You gotta talk to Luke. Luke what did you just say to me? The... All right. Okay. Um, okay, Luke. But, but, but Mark, and, <laughs> and I, I will just keep it PG thirteen. I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to share, Mark, but I will let our audience know that uh, that is not going to be the only place you'll be able to see Mark on screen. Maybe sometime in the future you'll, you'll maybe see him in some other sometime, projects. Yeah. Maybe you know this audience will uh, kind of have the first hand look at that. Who knows? We'll see. Who knows? Right. Who knows? I, I, I'm loving the meme-based company here. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess you're only as good as your memes, is what in, they say. In the creator um, economy, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is I noticed, and we'll wrap here. We've got to wrap in a second. But I've noticed that Lit is on Twitter. He seems like he's inter interacting more with other meme accounts than he used to or is that just is that is that a fair assessment or is that just my you, you know um, i like to think that when i joined i was kind of the bridge that i've i've tried to befriend a lot of the the meme accounts yeah. and kind of soften the edges so you know we, we, we what is the expression a rising tide lifts all meme pages so that's what we're trying to do that, that is the expression actually <laughs> it's hundreds of years old yeah, exactly the yes. roman yeah. times yeah. the romans said that Hundred hundred years ago, they said. Yeah, the Romans. <laughs> hundred years ago. <laughs> um, Mark, I know, I know. Uh, maybe not tomorrow, but going forward, we're going to get you on kind of regularly on Fridays. Is yep. that correct? We're going to do like you know half an hour, maybe one thirty p.m. on Fridays. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Till till uh, you know the comment section kicks me off. So I'm looking forward to it next week. Beautiful. All right. All right, awesome. guys, we'll smash the like for Mark from Liquidity. Again, we'll drop the link to that article in there uh, by Renato. I would, but I, Spencer, forgot my computer. Where is your computer? I forgot. <laughs> I don't know. All right, um, so I'm kind of relying on Spencer to do that. But Mark, thank you for coming on. Uh, hey, thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your, almost said Friday. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday and, and your weekend. Perfect. You as well. Thanks so much. Have All a right. safe trip to uh, Colorado. Thank you. Appreciate it. It feels like a Friday. I think that's why it feels like a Friday, because like 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 I'm hopping Friday. on a flight yeah. in like, yeah. what, an hour? Is uh, it what? Did you check? Can you check the weather for me again? I mean, how we yeah, looking? it looks bad outside. Looks bad. The weather. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I'm never. I'm never getting out of Detroit. No, you're not. <laughs> you can you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Let's do move on to our next segment here. We've been doing a recurring segment on this show that we're calling Zero Hassle Short Selling with Trade Zero. If you have any questions about shorting and the logistics of that and how it works. 
Well, now is the time for you. I'm going to bring on Steven Johnson and Dan Pipitone, the CEO of Trade Zero, and we're going to talk about some short setups that Steven just traded here in the last couple of days. So Liberty let's, Biberty. Let's, okay, do that right now. Dan, Steven, how are we doing? Gentlemen, awesome. Yeah. How, how are things? Another how are things great day in, uh, in, in shorting land. Things in New York are uh, today nice. Uh, we went through a week of very frigid weather, probably more what you guys are used to. Uh, but today is actually a really nice day. I opted for the smaller coat today. Uh, good deal. Yeah, we had that yesterday. <laughs> um, okay, Stephen, what I want to do here is uh, I want to ask you because we've in the segments we've done previously, we've walked through, um, you know, how to look for a short and the mechanics of shorting and all these things, but we haven't really ever given you the floor to speak uh, about any recent setups at length. Um, so I want to give you that chance right now, and Dan, if you can share your screen for us and sure. bring up the bring up the uh, the the stocks that that Stephen uh, shorted, and I want to know. Uh, if we, it'd be great if we can do one that worked and one that didn't work, Stephen. Yeah, so let, let's, um, let's, let's do something that for me like was a no-touch first, then something okay. that kind of was, kind of wasn't, and then something that was. So, uh, so we'll get the, the full spectrum. And uh, right. let, we'll pick, there's not been any amazing examples of really good setups, but just first to explain the setup, my go-to number one setup is a, we call it a gap and crap because the stock gaps up and then it craps out. So by that gap up, I mean, say for example, a company gets news um, pre-market or news comes out after hours the previous day. The, the increase in percentage from where it closed that to where it opened the next day, that's the gap. So I'm looking for as big a gap as possible for the worst reason possible. So big moves that aren't really justified. So the bigger the move, and uh, the, the less strong the news, the better the short. And the, the less, the smaller the move with the stronger the news, the worse the short. That's kind of how it works out. But we'll go through some examples. Yeah. So I've got, I've got Dan's screen up right now. So we're looking at a few charts, but let's, let, let's, let's pick one and make it bigger. Let's, and then we can just... Do, uh, yep. Let's do SPCE. That had uh, SPCE, uh, Virgin Galactic Stock. Oh, this is a big one. Okay, so this one, is, Space has been in a massive downtrend. It had this huge rip up a couple of days ago, all because they're taking orders now for their space flights, whatever. Tell me how you approach this one. So SPCE, like the chart is a dream. Like it's, it's a really nice, like downtrending bag holder chart. The problem with SPCE and Virgin Galactic is like, I like to short stocks that are like trash. Like I like to short like, Companies that are like I know for sure are going to go bankrupt. Are the, the, I feel like they're kind of making up news, and the news is like kind of exaggerated just to push the price up so the company can survive. Now, SPCE is Richard Branson. Like I've seen this guy do photo shoots with models in front of planes that he owns, right? So like he's a legit like successful billionaire. He's not like a 19-year-old. He's not a 19-year-old who's working from his mother's basement and in Iowa, but he has a post box in New York and he's set up a company. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Richard Branson's like the real deal. He's the future, like Elon Musk, Richard Branson, EV vehicles, space. So if it's, if it's a real authentic 
billionaire owner and the news is credible. I mean, the news was saying uh, the cost of the flight is going to be $450,000, $150,000 deposit, and they're taking on like the first thousand customers now. So does it sound like a scam? Not to me. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to short legit news. Well, hang on a second, but I'm not going to really be inclined to short hot sector, real news, billionaire owner. It's, okay. It's, it's too strong. And, and also just one more thing to, I'm going to eat me words in a second on the next stock with, with UPSA, but, but, um, the thing with, with, uh, yeah, I mean, and the other thing is the gap wasn't much like the gap was like from eight twenty. it closed eight twenty the day before and it opened at nine. So it's like a 10% gap. So it's a very small gap with a lot of strong, strong, uh, indicators in terms of news in the owner. And it, it, so we can look on the daily as well. It, so it wait, so wait, days. Dan, this is, this is a daily. Oh no, it's not. That's a daily. Okay. So, um, if you, if you just scroll right in to the day, uh, that a gaps, you see the gap, it, it was a re if you, if you'd shorted that, you would have got destroyed. So I'm not interested in shorting small gaps on the first day of like really good news coming out generally, generally. Because uh, it, it's just too many, too many warning signs for me. What would you wait? I mean, we're now on day three now. Would you have gone, gone back to the well yesterday or today? I just, I just, I just wouldn't short it at all because I mean, space is the future, and um, it, it, the news is valid. The news is saying like, look, we're going to charge for like it's a lot of money, four hundred fifty thousand to go into space for thirty minutes. Like the company sounds like it can make money. It sounds like it's the future. The owners had successful ventures elsewhere. It's, it's just not something I'm gonna. I'm even gonna try when there's millions of other okay. stocks. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Can we talk about one that, that you did hit though? So, so wait, Steve. So just to recap. So this one, while it kind of did set up on uh, on the chart and as it relates to, you know, with respect to the spike in volume, and then we see the next day, the volume kind of trailed off. The reason why you would have stayed away from this is because of what the company is reputationally, what the owner is about. Uh, so this may, may, this may be sort of a head fake potentially. Oh, and something you would probably stay away from because we're talking about a real company here with some real uh, news that could have a, a real significant impact to top and bottom line. Yeah, like in a, summary, exactly that, exactly that. And I, I don't want to be shortened the exact turning point of uh, a move and to be the first one in on a short where it's actually might have a lot of momentum to the upside. Awesome. Got it. All right, so let's find one that that you did like enough for a short. So I, t I, I took uh, UPST. Oh, uh, this one's and, been this one's been ripping. And, I, and I'm I'm a bit concerned because I'm admitting I'm admitting on on Benzinga, which is a, a big platform. I'm admitting that I took a pretty crazy short, and I, I don't want to be made into a meme of the guy who short earnings winners. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want this to spiral out of control. And I'm oh, he's yeah. he's, the, he's the trader who short earnings winners when they have the best earnings ever. So yeah. so UPST was. There was a couple of things there, but it was also not just not not really a good short because the thing with UPSD is the if if we look at the earnings, the actual earnings were were really good, right? It, it had surprisingly good earnings, and the market reacted, and it gapped like thirty percent. So it's it's more of a gap, and the reason I like the big gaps is because if we get a big move really quickly, sometimes they can reverse, sometimes people take profits, uh, but. 
if we the, the thing with UPSC, what I what I liked about it, despite the fact again it's a real company up for a real reason, um, it, there's a big downtrend, right? So you can imagine, I, I would think there'd be many investors. Is is the price like 300, 200? Like there's investors thinking, oh, like they'll buy in the 300s, they'll buy in the 200s. They keep on averaging down, averaging down, averaging down. And in the micro cap world, we call these people bag holders. They're like they're holding a bag which is down a lot. So the, the moment that the stock pops or uh, the the investor has a chance to recoup some of the money that he'd lost, he sells. We think that the bag holders create selling pressure. So if the stock's been in a downward trend, then it's it's gapped up. Uh, we think that the selling pressure from people who've been losing as the stock's been going down, we think that that might cause a turn in the stock. So if we just look at the, the end of the day, like say three and, minutes. And just to be clear, you, you didn't short this before the report. No, no, I didn't short it before the report. I, the the okay. report came out, the stock reacted. It's yeah. like, a, uh, just going to like yesterday, quite close. Yeah, can you just zoom in a little bit? There we go. So like you see, it's, it's hard to really explain without some of the drones, but the stock had a big gap up, 30% gap, and then it, it, it followed a nice uptrend in the morning. You see that kind of that steady, steady uptrend before the double yeah. top. It's got like yeah. this kind of double top in, in the end of the day. Uh, I, just, I purely for the reason that I thought that it's a 70, it's about a, between a 50 and 70 million float. A lot of those bag holders have been buying lower and lower and lower. When I, when I just saw the trend line break in the double top, it was kind of, it was kind of confirmation that it would probably reverse a little bit like a scalp, uh, that there was, there's going to be a small amount of downside. And I, I literally took, uh, shortened from the double top and, and just covered like a few percent later. It was a scalp. Because again, okay. the company's the company's real. Um, the news is good, but um, but technically, it was looking like it was getting a bit heavy, a bit tired, and there's also some backholders in it. So it's kind of conflicting, right? So yeah, and and that, I mean, not every not every short people think, oh, you short a stock, you're you're shorting it to make a fifty percent, you know, forty percent. Nah, you can you can scalp a short, right? You can scalp for a quick trade, provided, of course, you, you know. You have ease of access and all that thing, and you can get in and get out. That's right. And you have the availability on the short side to get your locates, right. to get your pre-borrows, and to get into the, the, the shares that you want to short. Right, right, right. But, uh, exactly. But, yeah, arguably it was a pretty terrible trade that I took. Pretty, pretty, I mean, short did, earnings winner on day did, one is pretty, pretty stupid. Did, 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 you, did you take a loss or was it profitable? No, no, I took a profit. But I, I think if all you right. repeat that strategy 100 times, you're going to come out negative. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, but hey, <laughs> you, you came out ahead this time, so uh, good, good on you, Stephen. Yeah, crazy, yeah. like trying to be disciplined, and there's not a lot of opportunity, and sometimes you just crack. I mean, this one was one that worked. Um, okay, and then you have one more for us, and then I know, I know there's questions from the chat. We'll get to that in a second. So H-O-O-K, uh, hook. Hook was definitely something that I'm much more inclined uh, to short for, for several reasons. And again, this one wasn't perfect, but the first thing that we noticed is the gap up. So the gap up, it, it went, it, if you just zoom in to the, to the first green day of this kind of gap and crap. Gap and crap. Yeah, still fun. Over here, Steve, we're talking about? Uh, no, just on, if you just zoom, just zoom in, it's like, we're on the daily, yeah, yeah, just zoom in, it's like yesterday. Yeah, so you see okay. that kind of green day yeah. oh, followed yeah. by the red day with the big volume. Yeah. So 
with hook it, it gapped up right and it gapped up from 135 so it closed yesterday at 135 and it opened at 203 so that's a 52 percent uh that's a 52 percent gap up and i, and I track the statistics and probabilities of of all the stocks that gap every day and i know that uh over the last three to four months stocks that open above 50 percent generally there's an edge there there's an edge that uh, you'll have success and it'll be a profitable trade and you'll be able to pick up around like 10, 12% on your investment based on historical data over the last three months. But uh, you have to look at more than that. The first thing I look at, okay, it's up 50%. That's, that's a good amount to give some back, but why is the company up? And, and HOOK, the press release was that it announced that it had entered into it. Do you want to say something? No? Are you okay? No, I was going to answer the question, uh, Christian, in the chat. The ticker was HOOK, H-O-O-K. Sorry. Yeah, so the, the news was that it had entered into an amended and restated collaboration and license agreement with Gilead to advance the developmental, the development of a novel arena viral immunotherapy as a component of a potential functional curative regimen for human something, something, something. I have no idea trial. what any of that means. <laughs> okay, me neither. That's the crazy thing. I don't know what that means at all. Like, but, but I do understand that it's a phase one trial and yeah. I did see the word potential and I did see the word restated. So the, the restarting something, which makes me think, well, did it fail before? Like, why are you restarting something? Like, did it, did it not happen before? They're looking for the potential, they're looking for the potential cure to something related to HIV. And if it's potential, that means it's not solid. Like it means that it's not definitely going to make them money. And when something says it's a phase 1B trial, that means it's the very beginning. It has to go through multiple phases. It has to go through phase 2 and phase 3. And I know, I know for a fact that many, many, many of these kind of, um, this, these kind of procedures and this workflow, many of these uh, works, they fail. Like they'll fail at phase 1 or they'll fail at phase 2. So there's a good chance that this, this uh, initiative that the company's taken for, to make this cure, there's a good chance that it's not going to work. So if I look at, for example, the company's long-term chart, if we just scroll back, it's a, it's a terrible chart. Like, it's terrible. Like, if you said, show me a terrible chart, I would show you this one. That's, the, the company looks like it's, it's performing terribly. And if we look at kind of uh, the, the company's finances, it's, it's, its revenues are going down and its earnings are getting worse and worse every quarter. So financially, the company's, the company's finances are terrible as well. So the chart's terrible. The finances are looking terrible. And, the, and frankly, the, the likelihood of the drug passing all of these trials, in my opinion, is probably terrible as well. So it has not got a good, good outlook. And I don't think that this news is going to change the bad outlook that it's already got. So based on this information and the 50% gap up, my bet is that this company is going to give back the gap. So for this, it was a, it was a, not a great opportunity, but a pretty good one to, to take the short on the first green day. So you shorted it. So this is yesterday now. You sh you, so you're shorting it yesterday with the idea to hold it how long? Yeah, uh, it's quite quick. So we can go into like a three-minute chart or, or something like that in a day. So this is uh, today, I believe. Let me just go a little bit further back. Yeah. Yeah. So th this is so that so the gap up was uh, the 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 black space on the chart is the the gap up and 
basically yeah i generally with these stocks at the open i'm i'm hoping to get like a 10 percent push 15 percent push uh, to get some sort of entry so like the 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 push i can't see the exact area but in the like the i think it's like the 217s 218s something like that basically the tops any any kind of push into the open of 10 15 percent i'd be looking to short and uh and then yeah i'm looking to cover like any as, as soon as i get a gain of 10 or 12 percent i'm looking to cover and um, we i never really got the gain the gain never came and then at the end of the day somehow it kind of shook everyone out you see that push towards the end of the day the the three big green candles just a little bit little bit further back a little bit back yeah so this this squeeze towards the end of the day shook me out um mm. So I actually lost on this trade, but I, I still think it was it was not a bad trade. It was if well, I when you say it shook things. when you say it shook you out, did it trigger a, took, a yeah, stop the loss, or something? Took the stop, just cut it, just cut it. Yeah. Okay. So so because... but so so where was your stop though? I'm trying to I'm trying to get get the trade. Any, anything there. anything over high of day. If, if anything makes a new high of day after ten thirty, I'm I'm just out. I just don't want, I don't want anything to do with it. So stopped out when the company when the stock made new highs on that exact green candle when it makes new highs you, you're out of the trade um and and sometimes i think market makers are playing games where they're taking shots out of the trade just to just to get them out um but this this one didn't work but i think if you did a hundred times you'd make money in direct comparison to upst which you would lose money Okay, so there's a few questions from the chat. Uh, Dan, can we pull up some like super liquid stock? Let's pull up like Palantir or something like that, Dan. Um, Elon from the chat wanted to see like a live trade. I don't know if this is like a your real account or what, Dan. I don't want to want to like put you under the gun here, but can you like walk us through like I I picked Palantir because it's down today and it's super liquid. So can we just like walk through a short real fast? I don't know if you want to. Actually, I have to go through the whole thing. Also, Dan, sure, you're just, on mute. Just give me a quick second. Let me get All this right. kind of set back up here. All right, I'll take your screen off. You tell you tell me when it's ready to come back on. All right, I, pick, great. I, pick, I pick I pick Palantir because it's down and super liquid. But I am watching ISPO. I don't know. I guess I was wrong. All right, I said I said psychological resistance at at, at sixty nine. That we're at seventy four, and halted again. So that's how many halts today? That's. Oh. Oh, that let's count it. Let, let, let's count the halts today. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think sixteen halts today. ISPF. You know, so. The crazy thing with these halts is that, you know, if a stock is going to halt, it shouldn't move, in my opinion, because is there's, there's nothing worse than you're you're into a stock, whether you're right or you're wrong, and it moves five, six, seven, eight points. When your hands are tied and you have no freedom of action, you can't get in, you can't get out. Next thing you know, the stock opens up in your face, uh, and uh, you know, and you're and you're stuck with a you know where where the risk system is kicking in to cover your trade. So I don't know if there are any regulators listening, but I don't think any trader is happy with the way that the halt system works currently. Um, if you want to halt, have things cool off just for the purpose of you know people kind of getting their legs under them to to understand what's what what this move was about. Uh, but the fact that these things will continue to change prices and, and update, and then once you're able to start trading again, they could be at vastly different prices when the, when the, when the halt began. So uh, just a little uh, wait, 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 now wait, what's the what's the solution to that, Dan? Because you can't stop the orders from coming. In. I mean, the orders are not going to get filled, but you can't stop the orders from coming in, right? Well, they should stop the... orders. You shouldn't be able to do anything when the stock's halted. I mean, that's what should happen. And when it's unhalted, then you go back to trading. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think just giving those couple of minute breather many time, I think kind of lets people level set as to really what's happening. A lot of times people get caught up, you know, you think this thing is going to go to the moon and, you know, next thing you know, it opens up, it halts and then it's open, opens up 10 points down or vice versa yeah. on the short side. It's, it's, uh, it's unfair, right? Yeah, Stephen could probably speak to this more than me, but the, the, the couple of times where I have been in a halt are not fun. Even when it works out, they're not fun. No, it's not. No, nope. not enjoyable. Not, not only, enjoyable. Five and, minutes. Not only that, but sometimes you have halts that occur for multiple days, uh, yeah. and you know you, you kind of left just not sure what's going to happen, which way it's going to wind up, and yeah. you know you 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 really have no no way out. So it's it's not great. No. Okay, let me show you guys a, a round trip uh, on a short here. We're looking at yeah. Palantir. Um, okay. So on our system, we have an indicator here if a stock is easy to borrow or not. Uh, this r- little red LR means that a locate's required. When I come into my little locate screen here, I've typed in Palantir. I see it's a 1.47 cents. I'm going to do a locate of 100 shares. Okay, we see that now we've gone from locate required to I have 100 shares available. Uh, let's just short this thing. I have my order confirmation up. Uh, so I've now shorted the stock. Uh, it's my PL is tracking. Typically, when you short something at market, you're going to be down close to a penny uh, because you're shorting at the bid. And uh, and as the short P&L is based on what we believe will be your cover price, which would essentially be the ask price. Uh, and so right now, I'm short this stock. We notice on the platform I have zero of 100 left, which means I can't short this again unless I locate more shares. Uh, and so it, if this stock continues to trend down uh, and uh, you know kind of works to my favor, I have the opportunity to then cover it. Uh, let's put out a limit order on the cover this time. I'm going to try and buy it back at 27 cents. Even though I'm not going to make anything, I'm not going to lose anything. Uh, and we see that I've just covered Palantir. And uh, so, you know, net, net, uh, I didn't make anything. I actually lost 75 cents. Um, right. So, But that's a round trip short. A unique, Ill, a unique ability on the Trade Zero platform is – now that I've paid the dollar forty-seven for these shares uh, to locate them on a hundred shares, I can what we call mark for credit, and I've now sent an order out there uh, so that if there's someone else on the Trade Zero platform that wants to short these shares, they'll be essentially getting their locate from me as I've recycled my locate to the next person. I recoup some of the cost that it cost me to get into Palantir, uh, and the next person uh, I've been able to facilitate a locate for them. Even if we're out of supply or our vendors are out of supply, the fact that we have this mechanism to kind of keep the wheel turning as it relates to providing supply to our short sale traders uh, is an effective tool. All right. Elon in the chat, I hope that answered. I hope that that demonstration answered your question. Uh, we're going to do a couple more of these segments, by the way, in, in the coming weeks. So uh, there's still more time. But uh, Dan Pipitone is the CEO of Trade Zero, and uh, Stephen Johnson uh, is a trader. You can his Twitter handle is right there at junk87. Uh, to learn more, guys, click on the link that's uh, scrolling down the bottom of the screen: Benzinga.com/go/trade-zero-youtube. I know it's long, but the link is right there on the screen. Just copy it, uh, Dan. <laughs> Steven, a pleasure to chat as always. As always, on, on, on the show today. On. Be well. All right, have a there good one. All righty. All right. Uh, I I don't know what happened to my co-host. He's just totally like abandoned me here. He does this like every like every other day. Aaron just decides to just leave me alone. 
I don't know where he goes. What does he do? What is he doing? All right, we have to check on this freaking. Uh, okay, wait, no. Before we check on that, great question from. Oh, there he is. He's right there. He was hiding from me. Um, great question from Zen Bullish. Was that you? Okay, Zen Bullish. Litecoin. So, um, here's the thing about these securities. Okay, and I say securities because that's what they are. They don't. They're not stocks. They're not funds. It's a security. This is from Grayscale. This is Grayscale's Litecoin product you really need to go look at the prospectus for this thing and understand how it works right what kind of sure you can have my treasure what kind of fees are involved what is does it actually hold a litecoin or is there um a so, I, I mean, or is it is it like a derivative, right? You need to understand how these products work. For a long time, the the GBTC, the Grayscale product, was for a lot of people the only way to own Bitcoin. It's not anymore because there are Bitcoin miners. There is the Bitcoin futures. Well, there's the futures, and there's the futures ETF, right? But for a long time, GBTC was the only way to get exposure to Bitcoin if you wanted to own Bitcoin without owning actual Bitcoin, right? And then for a long time, GBTC traded at a premium, right, to Bitcoin. It traded, it was more expensive than a Bitcoin um, based on the, the, the assets that, that, that they own. Now, these days, as I understand it, it trades at a discount. The reason I bring that up, though, is because you're really these these instruments are not as simple as oh, it's it's like an ETF, it's like a it's like a stock. It's not, it's not classified as that. It is a different thing entirely. Uh, entirely, it's a trust technically, and that's why it says TR there because it's a trust. Um, you need to my my recommendation to you is if you haven't already, read the prospectus, understand how these things are structured and how they and how they work and yes in theory it and it should trade with litecoin but the reason this chart looks like this um uh, frankly i don't know because i haven't seen i mean is, is is this litecoin here let, let's overlay wait we can overlay litecoin and we can look at the chart here um let's compare it with uh light wait how do you even spell? No, I thought we had Litecoin. We don't? That's stupid. Hold on. Let's pull up Litecoin. There it is. So here's a Litecoin chart. Okay, so they do look similar. But here, let's just compare it. And, and sorry, what was, what was the symbol again? Zen Bullish? For okay. like or for what? No, it was LT, LTCN. Yeah, there's not a it's not a perfect correlation, and that has to do with with the structure of the product. So, I, I I can't tell you if you are wrong, if you're right or wrong, to own this thing for the long term. I really can't. Um, the, my best advice is, especially if you're going to buy a security that is not. I mean, this really goes for anything. It goes for any any stock or any fund or whatever. Um, understand how it works take a take a take an hour 
and go through their prospectus, right? I, I, I don't know about like, I don't own Litecoin. I've never owned Litecoin. I don't know what it'll do long-term, but that's, that's my take here. Um, these products can be a little confusing. Now, if this is, if this is like um, the GBTC, then they're going to want to convert it to an ETF as soon as they can. Uh, we're probably a few years out from that happening. Um, that's all I got. Aaron Bree, can you please respond to Sharon in this in Slack who's asking how to join our show today? Uh, let's check in on our favorite ISPO. Aaron, I was so wrong when I called resistance at 69 because now we're at 72. I still stand by my comments from earlier. I don't even know how to trade this thing. You get stuck in a hall. You're totally screwed. Like, like, okay, I can already tell you if I was in this best case scenario, I get, I got, I get stuck in the hall at 10:45, and I, I get, I, I sell at 11:15, right? That's what would happen to me. Good luck. Congratulations if you're if you're riding the wave here. But the only way to probably do it is to treat it like it's fake money, right? You ride the wave up. You ride the wave down. I don't know. Well, Spencer, we do have Sharon from Benzinga here waiting for us in the backstage area. Should we go on? Go ahead and bring Sharon on, get an update. Yeah, I, and I got confirmation that ISPO is uh, a no-go for today's show, maybe for tomorrow's show. We can try to get them on. But uh, thank you very much, Zoltan, for, for your valiant efforts. Let's bring on Sharon from HR. <laughs> Sharon from HR, what's up? All right, Sharon from HR. Uh, the last time we had you on the show, we talked about, um, I, I think, I believe where we left off, it, you were going to create your account, your first investing account on Robinhood, and you were going to buy two things, right? You were going to buy the, we said we were going to do like a barbell approach. We were going to do, we we're going to do, oh, three things. Yeah. Sorry. It, it was, one of them was VOO, right? Yep. One of them was, that retail stock that I never heard of before. On on. On on. Right. What was the third one? VTI. Oh, okay, sweet. So we're doing two very conservative things and then a stock that that you know and a company that you know and you like and you're and you're a fan of. Yeah, but I have nothing I don't know anything about the stock, but No, but but you know the business, you know the products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So uh did all that happen? I got a gifted stock too. For signing up, how cool! Oh, true. Okay, Forgot so about that. so we we can talk about this. Uh, so so that was the plan last month. Um, did all that was did all that happen? Yes, it took me a while, but it happened. Okay, it did happen. Great. So we have we have a funded account, and you've made some picks. Yeah, four. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about that gifted stock. What was that? So when you sign up. In the first, like, I guess as soon as I signed up, they gave me uh, $5 in gifted stock. So I got $5. Yeah, and what what stock was it? Oh, no, you get to choose? Uh-huh, and I picked GM. You picked GM. Okay. So we've got four positions now. Now, my question is, let's take the GM out for a second. The, 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 the VOO, the VTI, and the on-on, is it the same amount of money in all of them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably no. Well, we did. We t- I took a hundred. I just did a hundred. No, 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 no. Remember, I think we did forty in VU, forty in VTI, and then twenty oh, in on. Yeah, I think you're right. 
I believe so. Okay, so so we're talking 20%, well, a little bit less than 20% of your portfolio is in on, on. The vast majority are in these two very, very broad funds. With a recurring investment set up in those. With a recurring investment set up in those, but not in on, on. Correct. Okay, that's I told Sharon if she wants to add to her position in on, on, she can just do so uh, kind of like willy-nilly whenever she wants. For the other ones, it's good to just have it set recurring, never okay. look at it. By the way, we, we should probably ask, your husband's cool with all this, right? I talked to him about it last night. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he was here? Yeah. What the? I met him. I just let him know, hey, look. What? Nothing to worry about. But he also, he said that he set up a Robinhood account a while ago, but then like got off of it. And then Why didn't like, I meet him last night? Like, I, wish I don't understand. That. I don't know. I think he was talking to Luke for a while, so then he probably was not standing by me at some point. That's, that's irritating. Spencer also left. I did not leave. <laughs> Yeah, he slept here. I forgot. I was escorted out, actually. Yeah. Asked. I was asked that, to leave. No, I, no, no, no. I, I, um, I let the record show that I was, I, I, I was present. Um, like so, Sharon, one of the... Today, a bad day because it looks like everything's red. And it looks yeah, yeah that, that, that happens sometimes. <laughs> what does your, your account look like? You, do, you want, do you want to share your screen and we yeah, can look at it? How do I do such a thing? Okay. Jose, Luke was on like... Rewind an hour ago, Luke. Yeah, Jose, Jose, rewind the show an hour. Luke was on with us. Sure. He doesn't come on on the daily out uh, anymore, but he he is making more appearances on the stream. So yeah, he's on every single every single Thursday. Come on. All right, let's check out Sharon's. So okay, Wait, no, no, don't bring it. Don't don't share us your like account number or anything personal. No, there's nothing on there. I okay. share my screen every day. Okay, I'm just I think. Trying. I don't know. Um. All right. Well, here's the good news, Sharon. If you take the hundred dollars we started <laughs> with. Plus the five dollars more that from the free stock, you're still up eighty-seven cents. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, red. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's not a great day out there today. Um, what's going on, you ask? Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, there's a couple things going on. So on one end, you have these economic headlines. So between the Fed uh, potentially raising rates, potentially a uh, fifty point base uh base rate hike compared to a 25 that, that just means half a percent that's all that means half a percent versus a quarter of a percent they're talking about raising rates which which is not great for stocks but then you also have these headlines about um what's going on in russia and ukraine so both those things together just make for kind of a, like a wishy-washy day i'm not too worried I, about it though i wait i so okay so the most important thing here is that sharon has recurring investments set up so yep. every single month is that right yep you're gonna buy more voo and vti Sweet. All right. Uh, MDK is asking if Robinhood pays us for this exposure. No, no. they do not. I, uh, To be completely transparent and honest, I've been using Robinhood because I was like the first thing I got on, and I've just never really. He was on Robinhood before. It was cool. No, no you were. Actually, yeah, you, it was. Yeah, you were. Because uh, it was before COVID. But I, for, for someone like Sharon, who just wants to set up a couple recurring investments and maybe check her portfolio every once in a while but not be that active, Robinhood's a great platform for that. I, I will tell you, I will tell you, MDK, no I, I use Weeble for my YOLO trades. I use Fidelity for my serious stuff. And uh, so, no, we, we have no, uh, there, there, there's no specific, no, Robinhood's not paying us for this, but uh, uh, all the brokerages do take our news, just so you know that. But no, this is just because it is easy and simple. And we thought, okay, Sharon is someone that uh, is interested in investing and starting from square one. Just make this as easy as possible, and that's why we're here. Yeah, and and, and again, Robinhood, like it, it's simple for that purpose, no fees, so it, it's great for that. 
uh, thing. If you're going to be trading every, you know, whatever all the time, maybe, you know, you can check. Uh, uh, basically, all brokers out there, they have slight differences and some are better for some things and some are, are worse for something. So you just got to find the best one for yourself. And we'll let you yeah. know if we're and, like, promoting and, one. And, and, and there, there may come a day where Sharon, like, will graduate from Robinhood, right? There may come a day where Sharon decides, oh, okay, like, um, you know, maybe, you know, when, uh, you know, Sharon has a family and she has other, like, 529 accounts or other types of accounts and, and, and other places, maybe she decides to move her money there. Totally fine. It's really, it's whatever floats your boat, right? Yeah, I'm just checking it out. Seeing how yeah. It yeah. Um, okay, so what I thought would be would be fun, Sharon, is if Spencer and I bring up a few different stocks and companies that maybe you might actually know more about the companies and products than we do, and we can kind of look at the stock charts and say, okay, if we were going to give you uh, an option out of these three or four companies, which one, would I pick? which one would you pick? And that might give us some insight. Um, and I, I mean, Sharon, I, I know you like to. You like I to had a question about a stock because um, Zolto yeah. actually wrote an article about it the other day, and it's a new stock, and I wanted to know your guys' opinion on it too. Because Wait, Zoltan wrote an article? Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, ask us. The, yeah, let's start with that one. What, what um, was the stock? The stock was um, Inspirato. ISPO? <laughs> wait, are you serious? Yeah. Wait, what's so funny? I don't think did Zoltan write an article. Did Zoltan wait, 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 wait. wait. We, we've, been talk, we've been talking about that stock all day. Okay. It's <laughs> at $93. It's at $93 right now. Don't all right. Oh. Wait, Sharon. So, okay, to be clear, you don't own this stock. Uh, Well, no. Do Wait, do you know what this company does? Because I don't. Yeah. Okay, so, so this is kind of a funny story. My cousins got COVID, and so they decided to sign up for Inspirato because they were like, okay, at this point, we're like – We've had COVID, so let's travel. So they bought it last year and have been traveling a bunch. And you pretty much you go on a trip, and after you get back from your trip, you can plan another one, like seven days after you get back. And all the hotel fees are like covered in your like yearly subscription. And they're like nice hotels. You can go wherever you want around the world, and it's just really interesting. And I. I'm curious because I, I didn't know what was going to the market. Who can take a trip wait, a wait, week I, after? I, I, I'm, I still don't understand what the business is. I'm it's sorry. It's like a subscription I'm service sorry. for traveling. It's like a, right. it's like a Netf Netflix, but for traveling. Yeah. You pay you pay a, a yearly or monthly fee, and then you get. You can go as unlimited amount of times anywhere you want to go, and you can. You just sign so, up and you get houses and hotels. So it's like it's like movie pass. It's like it's movie pass, but yeah. for traveling. Movie pass lost money on that thing. By the way, they're coming back. Uh, it's to, a great idea. I actually, it's a it's a very good idea. Cool. Right? And because for pe some some people will pay for like a timeshare or something, but then you're tied to one location. So this you is have to, okay. You okay. have to vacation okay. too. This one you can go anywhere. I like and it. The cool thing too is like if you have a lot of friends and stuff, and you wanted to like if one person did the subscription and you travel with friends, you can like charge them back for the times that they go with you. So then maybe you make. Okay. So wait, Sharon, you said you've known about this service for how long? A year. Just one year. And you didn't tell. You should have told us about it. Wait, no. I here's no. Wait, no. We need to know. Do your cousins still own this stock? Do you know? Well, I don't even know if they own the stock. They they do the service. She said they bought it, talking about the service. Oh the oh, oh 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 oh. Okay. I know about. The company because okay. of that, which then I saw it went to the stock market. I was like, hmm, what is it? Is that Sharon? Good? Do you know what it's doing today? Is it going down it's, or up? It's uh, it's up. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 up six hundred fifty percent. Whoa! 
Camp, what are the odds? So that means if you put a dollar into the stock yesterday, you'd have $650 today. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. You yes. should have you should have brought us up to you should have brought us brought this up to us yesterday. I had my stuff ready, I just didn't know. What are the wait, seriously, what are the odds of this happening? I don't know. I don't know. What but wait, I'm still I still want to go back. Sharon said because she saw Zoltan wrote an article about it. Yeah, I'm LinkedIn. Since when does Zoltan write articles? Wait, no, no, no. She's probably she probably means like he had like a like a, a pro headline or something. I, I feel like uh yeah, let, let's check in the pro, right? Oh, it was in the morning. It was like seven. I, I saw it. Oh, oh, oh! I see. I see. We, uh, oh, yeah. Well, so we had, uh, uh, we did an interview with the CEO because uh, <laughs> they 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 all placed it to the Nasdaq. Is that right? Uh, oh no, no, it's a SPAC. This is a SPAC. So 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 the SPAC conversion happened. Sorry. Okay. So and that was that was two days ago. So yeah, we interviewed uh, Larry Handler because it was a, it was a SPAC and now it's not. Okay. Yeah, so, so Sharon, you may have heard of the term FOMO in like social life, right? You miss out on a party, you have FOMO, all your friends went on a great trip, you had to miss out. The worst. Now you're, now you're seeing what FOMO is like in investing, right? You see this <laughs> stock that you were interested in and now it's up 650% and you don't want to miss out on it. So this is what causes a lot of people to go in and buy stocks after they've run this much and, and they've already missed out on the move. Now, I don't know if it, it looks like Ispo could keep running. Who knows? But uh, yeah, that, that's essentially what, what uh, FOMO is like in the markets. I can't believe that Sharon had wanted to come and talk about this stock today. Not no, not even knowing what was happening. That it's the hottest stock in the... It's the hottest stock on Wall Street today, Sharon. That's hilarious. I had no idea. And I didn't know the market was down. I mean, that's like news to me. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so then, okay, going back to, to the idea of us bringing you a couple companies and you picking yeah. uh, the one that you like the most. Um, you, you, you like to shop, correct, Sharon? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Sh- Spencer and I are not big shoppers, but Spencer was talking about Yo, buying we, some... We, we just hit 100 bucks in, in, in ISPO, by the way. Oh, really? Okay, so you should have still bought it, Sharon. We just went from... We just went from 13 to 100. It went from up 650% to up 730%. In two minutes. Wow. Oh, yeah, Dan, Don's saying, he, Don saying he wants Sharon's next pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, us too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know yet. I got to think. Oh, you better start thinking, Sharon. <laughs> but this one, I think, is... Holy it. moly. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow. Um, no, on. you're good. So this isn't because... You know, I don't want us to be perceived as like sexist or anything. This isn't because Sharon's a woman. It's just because she happens to it's like to. Sh- it's just what she likes. Yeah, Spencer and I don't love to shop. Spencer or Sharon does. Um, so Spencer, what were the retail stocks you were looking at buying next oh, week? Oh, oh, Sharon, I yeah, I wanted to buy. So uh, Walmart uh, had some uh, reported a really good quarter this morning. Like for last quarter, they said they made a lot of money. Obviously, it's Walmart. So I kind of thought that like. Kohl's and and Macy's and like TJ Maxx and Nordstrom, like those four specifically, would be like good stocks to buy for like a short term thing. Um, I love Nordstrom. My sister is a TJ Maxx fanatic. Like she loves it. She gets the best deals at TJ Maxx and like loves it. So like TJ Maxx, Nordstrom. But would you say over the previous quarter has has your sister been shopping more or less at TJ Maxx? Oh, she consistently shops a lot there. Okay. All right. So. A little churn. That's good. <laughs> That's what that means. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so wait. Of the four that I named, though, you you said you said well, she likes Nordstrom. You said Nordstrom. Don't think Mace. But they're but they're okay, different. But like Nordstrom is more hi higher scale compared to TJ Maxx. No, no, no. So I would say TJ Maxx lines more with Walmart than Nordstrom does. No, for sure, I get that. But like, so Sharon, for example, How like many can I pick out of them. What? How many can I pick out of the ones that you're interested in investing? Well, in? I don't know. I kind of just wanted your 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 opinion broadly. For example, though, like with Kohl's, you don't walk out of there paying full price ever. You get everything on sale and you get coupons, right? Is that is that the same way at Kohl's Cash, baby? Kohl's Cash, right? Is that the same way at Nordstrom? I haven't been no. to Nordstrom in a no. long time. No? no, you're paying full price unless you go to Nordstrom Rack, like I I did the other night. I um, did Nordstrom Rack. Nordstrom Rack is good. All right, so how about this? Uh, and Spencer, can you pull up these charts? Because my charts. Look, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to take. Well, yes, fine. Look weird right now. I, I, can, I can take ISPO off the screen. But what about um, uh, Ulta, U L T A? Ulta Beauty. Yeah. Interesting. Is, is Sephora publicly traded? I think I think uh, Sephora might be under Ulta. I think Ulta owns Sephora. Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay, so then if it goes up to there, then I like Ulta. Okay, you like Ulta. Mm -hmm. what, what what about Elf? <sighs> I probably wouldn't, but okay. Is it more? Is do you think Elf is more like trendy, fat? Like it's it's going out of out of fashion already, or? Hmm. I don't know what my opinion really is on. I just don't. I just don't know it as much. So like, I, I always go with what I know. Like this kind of just like even if I do like a Super Bowl picks, I just pick the ones that I know, even though I have no idea which one's better and which. All not. right. How, how about how about this one? And I want you to pick between these two. If you had to own one of these two stocks, I'll start with Lululemon. Okay. Well, that answers that. But okay, keep going. And the other one. But what I'm curious about is like, do you or your friends, like, do you guys find yourselves like maybe getting more and more like off brand leggings or like, or like Lulu competitors? Well, like, yes. I like, no. Okay. First of all, I like Lululemon. I'm going to just tell you this since I was in like high school, like before it was even in the. Before it was cool. Canada, and I just have always loved Lululemon. So I'm just pro Lululemon. Um, off brands, maybe you try a little bit here and there, but true, like I'm just a true Lululemon for sure fan. Like there's just, that's not going anywhere. I'm always going to have Lululemon, wear Lululemon, but I will try some other brands, but like Lululemon is just the stable, always going to have needed in your wardrobe. Great. Got it. And this stock, Lulu stock has performed really well over the past few years, but since, um, like the past is that the past year spencer that it's been in this downtrend yeah it's been it's, it's been since the, last october the, the, the all-time the all-time high was november of oh, tw november 21 actually. oh so that was only three so months ago three so, yeah, months ago three or four so. months ago all right so here yeah. was the one i wanted to compare lulu to aritzia wait what's that ticker uh i don't know it's a canadian it's a it's a five letter but if you just type in aritzia a-r-i-t-z Oh, A T. Okay, I don't even. I don't I never heard of this company. See, this is what I, this so is what you get. Very popular company, um, but I wouldn't even compare Lululemon and Aritzia, even though they do have some workout like a leisure wear. But to me, they're not the same. It'd be like comparing like Urban Outfitters and Aritzia compared to like Lululemon. So Aritzia's Aritzia's more like real like professional clothes compared to just workout yeah, clothes. You have some leisure, but it's it's not their main. But what about just in terms of like, are you hearing more and more people saying like, oh yeah, I like this 
dress or shirt from Aritzia, or, or maybe is Aritzia like dying out can, already? If you compare Lululemon to Aritzia, you hear Lululemon more than Aritzia. Okay, got it. That's what I want to know. All right. Um, I did see we got corrected in the chat, Spencer. Um, what, what? Louis Vuitton, or can you scroll up a little bit? Scroll up in the chat. Ooh, we're talking. Oh, wait, no, 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 I can't. Even. No, I can't. I really um, love designers. Do designers have? Trade so I yeah, there's there's a uh, isn't there a, there's like a luxury brands uh, ETF. Teaching, but there's also there's also luxury. There's also, luxury there's, is right now. Let's, hot. Let's, go, let's, let's look it up right now. There's also one company. It might be this Louis Vuitton ticker that owns like a bunch of designer brands yeah, under it, it, like Gucci. Yeah, Louis Vuitton. Uh, they're the ones that bought. I think they bought Kate Spade a couple years ago. Um, and they, I think they also bought Coach. I'm trying to remember. I don't, I, I may be misremembering, but um, yeah, they're sort of a luxury. That is interesting because to me, luxury is really, is right now Yeah, I mean, we, crazy. We were I, talking about, there were like lines outside the Gucci stores and stuff. So Louis Vuitton owns Sephora. Um, but there's another stock. I'm, I'll try to find it. Maybe it is that Louis Vuitton stock that just owns like a bunch of different brands under it. No, because I want to buy that. Restoration Hardware is another luxury stock that that's pretty good. I've never been in one of those places. I'm kind of afraid <sighs> to go on. I'm so like indifferent about. Yeah, it, it is. It is this uh, Louis Vuitton Moet, Moet Hennessy. Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay, um, let me just find all the brands that they. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, this one may maybe of interest to you, Sharon. It's LV. MHF. It's five letters. It's kind of a pain in the butt. But, yeah, I um, want to look at that one. And then I'm also curious a little bit because I know like watches are also trading oh, really you. expensive and stuff now. Are there like watch companies that you can invest in? Yeah, Movado is a big one. Uh, thank you. I got corrected from the chat. Tapestry, TPR, uh, bought Kate Spade. But Movado, MOV, uh, is, is one. Uh, and also uh, Fossil, Fossil Group. Yeah. Um, um, so, so, Sharon, just to. Just to for some more context, so this LVMH uh, Louis Vuitton stock, they mm -hmm. control about 60 subsidiaries in their brands, including Christian Dior, Fendi, uh, Givenchy. What? Is that how you say Givenchy. that? Givenchy. 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 Get it right. Marc Jacobs, uh, Stella McCartney, Loro, Piana. So now we're getting to ones that I don't really know. Yeah. Oh, so they have Fendi and Fenty. Are those the same thing? Uh, no, Fenty, I think Fenty Beauty and Fendi. Sorry, one second. Someone's at my door. Oh, you're uh -oh. Uh oh, all right. We'll take Sharon off for a second. We'll take her off and she can go go, go get the door. Sharon, yo, what are the, this is the craziest thing ever. Uh, Sharon comes on once a month and the one stock she wanted to mention was ISPO and she had no idea. And I believe her because Sharon is not the kind of person that like looks at the stock market every day as, as, as you can, as you can tell. So, um, oh, we all, all for our highest of the day. Below $100 on ISPO. All right, Sharon's back, I think. Sharon, you're back? Yeah, did he go? Is it down? Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's down from the high, but it's still up a lot. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's that $90 right now. It was, it, so, it's down 10 bucks in the last, it's down 12 bucks in the last uh, six minutes. But it's still up 90 bucks for the day, 80 bucks for the day. So, oh, this is interesting. Uh, that Louis Vuitton stock, they also tried to buy Tiffany for 16 billion dollars, but the deal mm, fell through. Yeah, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, so interesting there that they blamed Tiffany 
and co on why the deal fell through. But anyway, so yeah, th those are some good retail like stocks to check out. If if, if yeah, Sharon, if, what, if, if, yeah, if you think, uh. If you think the trend in shopping and retail is going to continue, that these designer brands are going to continue to be in vogue and you know hot, and people are going to be willing to pay five, six, seven hundred dollars for for purses and belts or whatever, then I think that LVMH company is not a bad play. Yeah. I what was the ticker again? LVMHY, I think. I don't know. It's five letters. LVMUY. LVMH. I thought you said. That's what the, the company is called LVMH, but the, the actual stock is LVMUY. There might be more than one, but anyway. All right, this was a fun segment. This was, I had a blast. Sharon, next time you're on, I want the next ISPO, okay? I want the next 800% gainer in one day. You got it. You got it. All right, Sharon from Benzinga HR. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, no, we're not in trouble. Someone asked if we're in trouble. We're not in trouble. Well, I mean, I might be, but that's a, for what? For a different. Because I owe Sharon something, and I have. Oh, still. I go ping, 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 Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I know, Sharon. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I know. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Sharon. <laughs> yep. One day late. If we had Sharon on yesterday, can we you would, even imagine? We would all be rich today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you imagine if like that, or if that was the company she put twenty bucks in instead of on on? <laughs> Wait. What, what would the math be on that, real quick? If you put twenty bucks into a stock and it goes up seven hundred percent. Um. Well, if one dollar is now worth seven hundred. Uh, seven hundred dollars. Then twenty. It would be fourteen thousand. Fourteen hundred. I think it would be fourteen hundred. Yeah. For twenty bucks. That's a that's a good day. Um, wait, producer Rohan, do we have the technical abilities um, slash? Do we have the, even have the time to do uh, the new interactive wordle that we um, I already played today. tested? I also already all right, then I, I already played today. Today sucked. Today's sucked. I'm gonna say that because it was easy. No, it was one of those words that were with like a million combos. Like a million I possibilities. On, I got it on my third one. So. Oh, I got my third one. All right, I got it on like my fifth one. Whatever. Um, okay, it's one. I don't think we have time today. Also, so it's one fifty-six. We have the roadmap going live for their last show of the week uh, today. They're on Tuesdays through, thir through Thursdays. Uh, Chris Cacci, Brian Moore talking about the world of NFTs. Something I know. Those are uh, tangibles, tokens that cannot be funged. NFTs. Yeah, sure. Okay. Speaking of NFTs. NFT, right here. Last night I had to explain to uh, my fiance what an NFT was. Oh, that sounds terrible. She didn't. She didn't know. I was like, I was because like, you guys were watching the Beanie Baby. Yeah, I, I was like, board. You, you don't know what board ape is? She was like, she had no idea. That's the thing that we take for granted. People who don't pay attention to this stuff all day, like, don't know. Like, she had never heard of. I'm a, jealous. A, I kind of am too, honestly. It must be nice. <laughs> To not just not well, know. Well, here's the thing is like, what was the point of me learning about what NFTs were like a year ago if I didn't make a bunch of money on them when you have like these other people that have? I, I also don't know the answer to that question. All right, guys. We will be back on Tuesday. No, wait, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, Aaron. Oh, I thought today was Friday. Come because... on. Tomorrow's Friday. I'll, I'll be here. I won't be here, though. I'll, I'll be here. I'll be here. He'll be in the mountain somewhere, but he'll be on stream with us. On the in the virtual in the yo, universe. Yo, while we were on with Sharon, I got a uh, I got 
um, CC'd on a um, uh, uh, what's it called? A, a reply all apocalypse. A what? I'm on a I'm on a reply all apocalypse right now. I'm on an email chain and no one, and the guy didn't BCC anyone, and so now people are responding. Like these, there's a uh, there's 150 emails on this email and I'm on here. Got it. It's all people from different. It's a spam email to people from different companies, um, but now people are just replying all. All right. So this is pretty fun. This is going to be the rest of my day now. Anyway. Peace and love, y'all. Wait, wait. we're back. Wait, wait. I, I, before we end it, I just want to say, guys, if you haven't checked out Benzinga Pro, you really, really need to. Pro.benzinga.com. Free two-week trial. There is a link in the description to get 25% off. Okay? Check that link out. Seriously. 25% off right off the bat. Just for using the link that's in the description of this video. At least I'm pretty sure it's there because I, I put it there. Let me confirm that it's there. Um, All right. Wait, is it there? Oh, there's an outdated link. I'm going to fix that link right now. Okay, I'm going to update the link and fix it. Uh, last thing I want to say is the Benzinga, next Benzinga Boot Camp this Saturday. I will be your MC. Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Time, whatever we're in right now. Who cares? YouTube.com slash Benzinga. I hope to see you all there on Saturday. And now we're going to end the show and go live to the roadmap. roadmap. How do we end?